Hey, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of DX Button, Season 3, Episode 35. I'm one of your hosts, Alejandro. With me is returning very special guest, Sebastian Malden from the Single Player Experience. How are you doing, Sebastian? Man, I'm doing good. I am doing good. Just returning back from PAX West in Seattle. So a little bit of the jet lag, being tired yeah. of uh, walking the mean streets of Seattle for about four or five days. But yeah, it's really good. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to I'm glad to have you here, especially because uh, it, this was impromptu. Because uh, for longtime listeners, Paul isn't here. He had a little bit of a family emergency that he had to like uh, go go take care of immediately, and kind of like the the thing that I love the most about ha- having to getting to meet you, Sebastian, is that I know that whenever that happens to Paul now, I have someone that can help fill up. Uh, yeah, it's sure. ha- it, yeah, it's happened already many times this year. Like when he had to travel, uh, when he had to do like that work trip, and then you jumped in, and then consequently, like I sometimes guest in your show. We ha- I haven't guessed in your show for a while, and I know we're kind of working on the kinks to be able to do that in from from your side. But glad to have you here, Sebastian, and I can't wait for you to tell some of your packs. Back Packs West stories. <laughs> so. Man, glad to be here and always glad to podcast with you, man. This is like, yeah, you're one of the homies that I always, lo- always love talking um, video games with. Yeah, you're, you're like, our podcast is kind of like, you know, the, those bonfire in like, the, the Shovel Knight bonfire sequence mm-hmm. of everyone just gather, gathering around and talking games. That's how I usually lo- like picture every time that I have a guest or go into like a podcast game. That's how it feels like just to uh, gather around, tell me the word stories and all that. So. <laughs> So bad. Enough of that, because this is the X Bottom Podcast, our gaming podcast that posts every Fridays from 2 p.m. onwards, God willing, available in the YouTube channel Escape Gaming, as well as most audio services around the world, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the like. You can find links in the RSS feed at tinyurl.com slash escapegaming. If you enjoy our show, give us a like and subscribe. So, Sebastian, just uh, before we start talking about the games we play, like, tell me, like, uh, in the in the days that you were in PAX, what were some of the things that you found the most interesting? Other than you meeting Ooh. Phil Spencer, which everyone can go look at his Twitter. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. It's like other than meeting everyone, um, like mm-hmm. uh, this was this was kind of like the the conference where I really got to meet some really cool people that I'd seen um, for a long time, like the Gerard, the completionist of the world, mm-hmm. the Phil Spencers, the you know, like hanging out with some of the the people in the uh, or at least meeting some of these people in the, in the gaming industry. It was also like seeing some really cool games some that i knew mm-hmm. of so a lot of them that i had no idea existed um prior to like sending appointments and, and behind closed doors which is the beauty of packs like being able to find yeah. those gems that's that's what people say that's the that's the magic in the indie scene of going to yeah. that event yeah yeah it's like um and pax is like we were talking about a little uh before the before we started hitting record and everything like that it has become this like weird amalgamation of like triple a meets indie um because mm-hmm. a lot of the triple a players were there as well because so like i went hands-on with the new prince of persia from ubisoft i went hands-on yeah. with tekken 8 i'm like that was yeah like, that was the first thing i saw you post because you took a picture yeah. of like the booth yeah i heard it like i i missed the closed betas but mm-hmm. i heard that the, the game's fire like as, oh, like as a yeah. fight, like it's a fighting game. It's like it is fire. <laughs> so. Yeah, man, it is. It's really it. It's really interesting because I'm not even a fighting game kind of person, but like mm-hmm. I was having fun playing the game. Like I was really enjoying myself. I was really like enthused and love the some of the new directions they're going in with the game mm-hmm. because it feels like 
even though I haven't played this game, I haven't played Tekken in like eight years. It feels uh. like it feels <laughs> it still feels kind of like home cooking mm-hmm. where you like you were like you kind of pick it up, but it still has that old feeling, but mm-hmm. with a lot of new features. Yeah, I know that what separates Tekken from Street Fighter kind of like from what I understand from the hardcore fighting community is that Street Fighter is your technical hardcore fighting game and Tekken is like somewhere in between like that and Mortal Kombat because Mortal Kombat is not quite as technical even though it's gotten technical but that's that's more known for the features for the story modes and all that and Tekken feels more like one that can be very technical if you want it to but it's very easy to pick up and play I remember playing Tekken 3 back in like the arcades Mm -hmm. and playing as the freaking bear Kuma and doing like the the, the freaking flip Mm -hmm. flip kicks and all that there that's always what's been so cool about Tekken and there hasn't been a Tekken game in six years because the That's last one came crazy, out in 2017. Yeah, <laughs> that long. It, it, like the gaps between fighting games, like it's insane. Because even with Street Fighter, it was seven years between Street Fighter Five and the one that came out this year. So, mm-hmm. uh, what else do you say? Do you get to play? Man, I I played a lot of really cool games. Um, like let's see some. Um, I played, you know, everything from like uh, Phantom Rose um, to Sapphire, which is kind of like a almost like a persona, like a card deck roguelike persona game, which was hmm. really, really dope. Um, I played, um, let's see, uh, Sky the Scraper, which is like a skyscraping yeah. roguelike game. It's like uh-huh. where you're cleaning up the like skyscrapers, but it really uh-huh. has like a really cool, fun uh, pick up and play vibe. I played Mario Wonder. Um, yeah. Yeah, Prince of Persia. By the way, by the way, himself. by the way, especially with Mario Wonder, that's like one of my most anticipated games this year. What do you think of of it? Because that the, the direct that came out, I think it was last week, mm-hmm. really showed me like uh, finally an evolution for 2D Mario that has been desperately missing from that series. Because uh, did you ever play the new Super Mario Bros. 2D games? Like, I I think the I think the last wait, what was the last one I played? I can't remember. I know I they, played they Super did Mario a, 3D World. Yeah, uh, they did. This was the, the just straight up two D one. They did the mm-hmm. new Super Mario Bros. Deluxe Edition, which was like the port of the Wii U version oh, yeah, that yeah. came to Switch. Mm-hmm. So, but it's been like the new Super Mario Bros. like style of like two D is like has been the same since they did it for the Nintendo DS in two thousand six. So it's That's just been stay. Yeah, it's, it's like they did four of those games, but they're like so interchangeable. Like uh, people say that the the more inventive one was the last one, but they all look so similar. That at least wonder finally looks like oh yeah nintendo's like finally like evolving uh their 2d their, their 2d mario after not having done that for a while and uh, their own experiment in 3d world which was re- which was pretty cool and uh, so how yeah. was it it was it was fun um i'm not the biggest Mar- mario person either on the 2d side or the 3d side, 3D side. Um, but like but it is it was fun it was creative i will say like even though the I don't necessarily know if like people are gonna get sucked into the story, that's not why you play these games. No. But like, <laughs> you know, it's not. But um, but like I think it, it has a lot of creative mechanics, at least for like mm-hmm. the, you know the thirty to thirty to forty five minutes that I got to play. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a real pick up and play factor, really fun. Um, the levels don't feel too long, but yet they also feel like they are Perfect. they. Yeah, the, yeah, the, you know, the platforming feels about one hundred percent there. It's like mm-hmm. it's almost what you envision a Mario game to be platforming wise. Mm-hmm. You already, yeah. you already like the next step, the next step of yeah. a very traditional thing. Yeah, that oh, makes yeah, sense for sure, for yeah. sure. I mean, uh, the new features though, the new um, transforming features and stuff like that, you'll you'll probably get a kick out of. I don't know. And my only fear is like I depending on how long the game is, that novelty of like transforming into different mm-hmm. things might wear off. But yeah, uh, outside of that, I think this this is going to be a stellar game. 
yeah, a Mario game lives and dies by the level design more than mm -hmm. like the mechanics. So I'm I'm really hoping that them taking this long to do a, a proper new one because obviously we got Mario uh, Super Mario Maker two. So people were yeah. like, no, you can make your levels. That's different <laughs> than uh, Nintendo actually being the ones that do the levels. And they're like, if they're if we've had many conversations about Nintendo, the one thing that they nail about about everything is just design. Oh yeah, so for sure. I really, I really want to hear like because I they, they after the direct last week, they came and said they were mentioning how this game has been like in development for like a little bit. They didn't want to rush, rushes because they want to kind of give the developers just creative freedom, knowing that there was like no, no real like pressure of having to get this game out. That they're just gonna get it out when the time seemed right, and obviously the time seemed right with the Mario movie this year. <laughs> so. Which has recently uh, been over overtaken by Barbie at the box office. Ba Barbie's yeah. the biggest success of this Barbie's year. Barbie's killing it. Absolutely <laughs> killing it. I will say though, like I, I this could be like a nine or ten out of ten game, but this does this and like um Super Mario RPG feels kind of like the swan song of the Switch. Yeah. Oh it, yeah, it does. We're definitely gonna talk about that <laughs> yeah. later with that. So after that last direct from earlier this year, it just cleared that, especially after Zelda. Zelda was like mm. their last big canyon. It was like, yeah, it's like don't expect anything bigger anymore. It's like, if you expect something big, it's for the next system, which oh, yeah. people apparently saw now. So uh, anything else that you saw in packs? Yeah, I mean, like, um, you know, Tekken 8, um, let's see, um, Tekken 8, we, I did get to go a little hands-on with uh, the new Sonic game a little bit. Um, which, the 2D one, right? Yeah, 2D, yeah. Sonic game a little bit. Um, Veil of the Witch was a fun one. Um, let's see. Outside of that, you know, like a lot of them were more on the indie side of things. Um, you know, I don't want to bore the audience too much on that, but like, <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, it's really cool games. Um, there's there's one, there's a couple of games that you should definitely check out. I'll like I'll send um Al the the link yeah. in the description, so maybe you should check these out. But I will say like one of the my big takeaways from PAX is like due to unreal engine like the new innovations in unreal engine a mm -hmm. lot of these games look like they're very much heading towards that triple a level yes like, i saw so many good games and i'm kind of glad in a way because we actually had this discussion in our chat mm -hmm. that there's many people that are idiots and that's just clear that kind of like unless a game looks like a certain level of quality like yeah, for sure. uh, if they don't look like that they get ignored even though so many of those games that don't look like that tend to be some of the best games there are and the big worry has been that in order to achieve kind of like that level of pristine in these consoles it's like that that budgets have gotten out of control uh like uh development time takes way too long to to, to get into that level and people are like kind of sounding the alarms that it's like this is not a, a sustainable level of game development especially when they see that games that come out quicker or selling like especially like some of the bigger sellers of the last couple of years are not like the most high pristine and like production value and all that and have been like the most champion games recently that then mm -hmm. developers that pursued the more like high quality production value are kind of like at a standstill because it's like we like doing these games but these, obviously they take too long and they cost a lot but the ROIs are like not quite there compared to other ones especially with inflation and all that and if an Unreal Engine 5 game can at least perceptually with like the tools that they give developers make some of those games look like that at a cheaper than and cost and it costs them way less to make i feel that's going to be much healthier and it's going to kind of like at least try to like balance against the scales with development because it is like us that we love those kind of story-based games that 
companies like Sony love doing is like that those games feel like they're in danger with all the people all, all the talk around them like with yeah, the cost sure. and all that so that's that's kind of encouraging even though obviously these games are not like super overall super high quality at no. least the, in, in perception at least we know that the tools are allowing that like to me like the biggest surprise for me like for that example this year was Remnant 2 that was mm -hmm. an Unreal Engine 5 game made by a team of 50 people uh, made in like three in three and a half years and when you look at that and use some of the tools you're like man it's like this game looks very pristine it's like it runs well it's like it's so like it, it's, it's mixing well with the style that they got they got in and all that and I'm like huh and this was a 50 and and this was in, in the a 50 dollar game so it's like technically this was a double a game but yeah it doesn't look like that so in, if, if we get more of those games then finally i think we can finally delineate what is triple a from quadruple a maybe this can now be like the new triple a while we still get a the more like cheaper fare in the double a space but and 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 more in between because i feel like right now triple a is like being mixed together with quadruple a and that's not good i feel like because it feels like everything's kind of like judged under the same caliber and not everyone's gonna have the endless budgets of like the big guys and all that so no no it, it is um it's it's gotten one of those things to where like um you know like on the us on the outside looking in we're not privy to the, the budgets and everything like that mm -hmm. so i'm like if it feels like if you are a marker to where you're considered a triple a studio like we just mm -hmm. hold you under those standards of like Mm -hmm. If a game comes out that's quadruple A, so to speak, um, mm -hmm. in that quadruple A budget, you're still held on those same like the triple A's mm -hmm. and the quadruple A's are still held under the same standards, you know. Yeah. And that's it's not fair, but um, mm -hmm. the reason why I brought up the Unreal Engine Five thing is because like there's this game called Project Tower, which has like mm -hmm. the gameplay of Returnal, but it looks like Uncharted Four, but like the whole but the whole like <laughs> the, yeah but the whole premise is and this is like a theme of PAX this year it's like it has a biomorph feature to where like the mm -hmm. where you can like as soon as you defeat an enemy you have the ability to morph into that enemy and mm. yeah and so, well, so it's very so it's very malleable that way oh yeah <laughs> like for if, sure like if it was freaking prototype back in the day that you can like turn into everything that you kill that's what it feels like it, uh -huh. it feels like prototype mixed with returnal but with a little bit of like uncharted fours like graphics a little bit like and think about that it's like the weirder ideas usually come from the yeah. indie side oh yeah and for they, sure. now we get a tool that allows those weird ideas to look like it's part of like the bigger like the more high budget part it's like that is so cool that is like th that that sounds like a really cool future for gaming for me just knowing that it's like uh usually we had to like settle for pixel art before yeah. being like okay the weird the weird ideas are just gonna be in the indie like pixel art or like more 2d style things and then in the high budget triple a is like the more safe stuff because it's like the the most expensive so obviously they have to sell so that is sounds like that's actually sounds really interesting because i assume it's made by by an indie <laughs> right oh yeah it, it yeah, is so. made by indie it's a four-person team from france but like there's a there's another game that was like it is a complete pod racer game like complete pod racer game and it's made in unreal engine 5 so it looks like a modern day like almost i wouldn't necessarily call it like uh it almost looks like a modern day ubisoft game i i think that that's the graphics level there but it's a pod and, and if yeah and if it's made by an indie yeah like at, at least using a ubisoft style kind of like as a base i think mm -hmm. that's good i personally oh, I, I, think think that, I think that's good too so yeah yeah so, yeah, but that, yeah it's a lot of like a lot of cool things are coming out of like games uh like 
packs and such like that you still do have a wave of 2d 2d yeah. games and such like that you're always going to have that but like mm-hmm. you know like games like force door um games like um pod racer x games like um project tower are showing that unreal engine is bringing a lot of capabilities like mm-hmm. you said to to well um like smaller teams yeah and I, i'm just glad because it's like right now i'm yearning for more uh new stuff more mm-hmm. uh fresh stuff uh, fresh the good stuff that for me, yeah, fresh IPs. It feels like we're in that spot in the generation where we gotta get a little a few more of those that can then fuel us for the rest of the generation. So I say, like, the more I hear about that, the better. Like yeah. sequels are always gonna. That's the thing. Like I will always play sequels for games that I enjoyed before. Like Spider Man Two is like one of my most anticipated games this year. A game I turned around in excitement for a while because I was like really not excited for after a little bit. Uh, but for extraneous reasons, what I want to kind of touch on after, because we're going to celebrate briefly a game that's the turn five uh, this year. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's like uh, the sequels are always going to be there, but it's like there's always something cool about like a fresh new IP as, as a first. And if the fresh IP hits right. And I feel that's always going to that's always going to be gaming, like gaming at its finest. Sequels are always mm-hmm. going to be great one if they refine and like take leaps. But a fresh new IP that just hits. I mean, it's like. That, Look at that sea will, of stars, uh, yeah. man. Yeah, Sea of Stars is phenomenal, and the thing, and the, stars, and, and, the yeah. and the thing is that why I haven't played more, more of it is obviously there's another game that mm-hmm. has been kind of like consuming time, and also when it comes to turn based, I went on a re- and a deep rabbit hole with Final Fantasy, like the old ones I've that were turn based. So that. <laughs> yeah, so I was kind of like, okay, I committed to turn based. I want to commit to this wave. But now I know that I love turn-based because I think we had conversations that turn-based has always been kind of like tough for me to crack back in after I used to play them back in the day. So right now that I'm kind of like in that wave, I want to just complete the Final Fantasy wave. But I understand that Sea of Stars is phenomenal. Just in the brief brief time that I played, I'm like, oh man, it's like I see that Chrono Trigger. I see that uh, that uh, that uh, Mario Superstar Saga, like turn-based interactive that also reminds me a little bit of Paper Mario. It's like they take in the right ideas and it's just but it, but it's something fresh new and original and modern 2d art style in a way that just looks so beautiful like blown up in like a big screen so, I, I forgot to tell you i saw um, um speaking of 2d i played um persona 5 tactica oh yeah the one that's coming out in november how is it yeah it's really good really good um it is very much like it, it is very much fire uh, it does feel like fire emblem yeah. in a lot of different ways but yeah it's fire, it's em- it's fire emblem persona <laughs> basically yeah i i really i and i really got a good impression of it because like it is i love that that fire emblem gameplay but i also love like the fact that it still feels like um persona 5 it's, it feels it, like they could yeah it still has the style and like energy and kind of like just that the, the wild kind of like presentation of persona yeah, yeah, it feels cool. like they can make like whole. It feels like they can make like whole games out of this, where it's like, mm-hmm. like you can make like Persona Five, and then this could be like Persona Five B, so to speak, mm-hmm. to where like the story is and, very similar. And technically, they already different. had that. They even had yeah. the kind of like the Dynasty Warrior style uh, Persona Five Striker. So Striker, yeah, yeah, and they also had the dancing game. But I don't know if Five got a dancing game because I know Three and Four got the persona 3 dancing all night and all that so i know they they, they like experimenting but tactics yeah. is like such an underserved version of turn-based currently that anyone that's going to throw the tactics out there is like you're already like earning massive points because oh, so yeah. many people are telling square enix please remaster final fantasy tactics because that's kind of like an all-time great tactics game and they're slowly just bringing old stuff back but in while well, people wait for that then like getting someone else that gets into the tactics genre 
And especially yeah. on something as popular as Persona 5. Even though a lot of people are like, yeah, Persona 5, yeah, it's like, we've had our time. We need that Persona 6 now, like something that is different. But I'm like, I look at how Persona 5 looks and I'm like, there's nothing else in the market that looks like that still. Yeah. So I feel that's still like, that is fresh. I can imagine the people that play through Persona 5 and then play Royal, that's like 200 hours. Yeah. I can imagine them, them being like, yeah, I think I've had my fill. Obviously, anyone's going to have a, their fill after playing like 200 hours of something. So that would make so sense, but... Let, let me tell you like how it feels like after playing um after playing persona 5 tactica it almost feels like they've hit that point to where like um atlas has now found like a strategy here to where mm -hmm. like um to where like the lack of dragon like a dragon games are currently mm -hmm. doing to where like they have like yeah. the native like of dragon games now mm -hmm. which is are the the brawlers which we used yeah to be guided the, the gaijin one and the ishin yeah. one that came out earlier this year there's, there's a gaijin one that's coming out in november also yeah and then just and traditional like a dragon and then and then this kind of feels like atlas's version of that to where like this is now like i could see them doing this for like every time there's a persona game to where there's a mm -hmm. tactica style game and then there's also like the native persona 5 game yeah and, keep it fresh yeah keep it fresh and also like you're hitting them with a one-two punch and it's it's very different styles that appeal to kind of it, some of it may have a little overlap but some of a lot of mm -hmm. it's going to be different um different styles because not everyone likes the fire emblem style and everyone likes mm -hmm. that straight up pokemon turn-based style either so i'm mm -hmm. like it's kind of the best of both worlds yeah do you remember the south park games from ubisoft yeah stick of truth and yeah stick uh, of yeah, truth and, and that that happened like uh, yeah i liked stick of truth a lot because it was more mm -hmm. turn-based like paper mario style and then uh i didn't like a uh, fracture butthole as much because mm -hmm. it switched to it switched more towards that uh fire emblem style of like grid based yeah. like moving it was i i still beat the game but it was like it, it didn't stick with my mind as much as the first one also the first one was just it's funny it is <laughs> yeah. wow yeah Absolutely it's still, wow. It's still it, still to this day i'm amazed that they were able to get away with the things that game got away with it's like it's still the most audaciously outrageous game i've ever played and raunchy as hell but uh oh man i did, i also played um grand blue fantasy relink as well yeah that's yeah that's the one that recently got delayed and was at the uh uh, that was at the 2024 is what they told me now yeah that was at the showcase at the playstation showcase i remember uh, mm -hmm. because i saw a react a reacts to that uh, that was rpg uh, that was an rpg right yeah 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 it's a rpg it is um very much um i would probably consider it more closely aligned with um maybe like um what is the game um what is the game for nintendo the the um xenoblade, xenoblade. oh more, nice um yeah oh, okay. it's like it's kind of, but it's more real-time combat so i'm like mm -hmm. it's more real-time combat than xenoblade is but yeah. it, it has a xenoblade feel to it yeah because with xenoblade you have to like wait for meters to like like an mm -hmm. atv meter to fill up for the attacks to happen but you're moving around the uh, around the combat arena right so yeah uh, and this one do you do you tap buttons more like to constantly attack kind of like a, an action rpg or do you have to wait a little bit more uh for I, meters I, to I, fill up or yeah a little bit like it's a little mixture of both of those things you just said because like you do have some meters here but like a lot of it feels almost like fire Fan final fantasy 16 like yeah, style yeah, of, uh, like, yeah action, action rpg yeah action yeah. rpg hack and slash yeah yeah, I love so that. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, and I mean, I didn't know this also had four player co op. I that's mm -hmm. one thing I did not know, but yeah, like, that wasn't made that wasn't made clear in the trailer we saw. So, no, I thought it was just uh, you can't like the the PR person did, did say, hey, you uh, from um, Psy, I think it's Psy Games, like, did tell mm -hmm. me, like, you can play this completely solo and then switch back and forth between different characters, but in this game is also like four player co op as well, yeah, and that's the thing, like, uh, 
I'm all for 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 player co-ops. It's like I wish more people uh, would know to differentiate a single player game that has multiplayer to like a live service game. Yeah, like exactly. live service can go screw itself, but like a game that can allow like for some co-op but still feel like a rich, uh, complete experience by itself is like that's the sweet spot. So yeah. For sure, so, yeah. for sure. I'm right there with you. Just with everything that you've described, it's like that sounds like an E3. If I've heard of that just is, all yeah. those, yeah, if, all those, all, all those different kind of like uh, sporadic different games that you mentioned, it's like that's how big PAX has gotten. That all those kinds of games are there for you to try. That's why PAX is such a cool event. Now that yeah. even though it's been existing for years, I've heard of, of PAX ever since I started like paying attention to, really pay attention to gaming around the PS3 360 generation. Uh, and now it's just gotten uh is the de facto fan event or like yeah. the, like like consumer event yeah i can't wait to hopefully go this this coming year <laughs> so. yeah and that's not even mentioning all the di like digital devolver showed out in this game mm -hmm. wizard with the gun was there where i will talk about like the other game that was there like yeah. there but like digital devolver showed up in a big way this year as well yeah nuts yeah it's like I, I tell you, they probably had the bug because this was Readpop, the guys that were gonna try to bring back E3 this year, and that and and that just kind of fell through. I bet they just had all that budget, and they were like, you know what? We had all this allocated. We didn't like we were planning on doing that. We didn't do that. Why don't we just like do it in our next event? <laughs> so yeah. that's that's what it sounds like. So yeah, it's like all the major players were there. YouTube, besides like Activision and and PlayStation, but like. You, Square was there, as I yeah. was talking about earlier. Nintendo was there. Xbox yeah. was there. I'm like, yeah, all the and, big players. Yeah, Activision, because they're only one game, technically. It's like, yeah. that's why I'd never expect them. PlayStation is frustrating because they used to be there. In mm -hmm. fact, uh, the packs before got canceled when COVID hit in 2020. That was going to be the first public uh, demo show, like booth, for people to go try The Last of Us. They, mm -hmm. In fact, when they, when they announced that, they were not going to be part of E3 that year. They literally mentioned, yeah, and then we're going to uh, join all these different events for people to really try our games. And then COVID happened and then nothing. And then yeah. they just refused to like, TBS is happening next week, I think. And apparently mm -hmm. they're not even going to be there. It's like, it is so frustrating seeing like how Sony feels like they're beyond everyone that they I'm feel like they don't have to show up. And I'm telling you, yes. we talked about this. This, this kind of yeah. feels like PS3 Sony, right? Yeah, now. it's like it's getting close to that. And 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 the thing is that what's what's scary is that they're having that bravado, but the numbers are on their side now, and that's like the worst part because it's like yeah. Uh, think about it, like what has Sony released this year, Sebastian? Like an actual Sony game? Uh, I can't think of any. I, I can't really yeah. think of it. The only thing that they have actually released, other than PSVR stuff, which can be completely separate and it's just completely just died in the vine because people are not really buying it uh, and they're not really talking about it. The only first party thing that they released this, this year so far is a Horizon DLC. Yeah, Call of the Mountain. Yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, no, yeah. Call of the no, Mountain. No, no, uh, Burning Shores. Burning Shores. And, and then and then Call of the Mountain was for VR, but again, kind of like saying, mm -hmm. just separating the, 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 the PSVR side, it's yeah. just been Spider Man for them. But this yeah. year, they've sold a lot. This year has been like the PS5 has been like the best selling console this year, only like overtaking a few months when Tears of the Kingdom was like the was like uh, the, the the king of the mountain for a while where everyone wouldn't shut up about it. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's still like the, the, the system has been selling and Xbox has been putting out games this year compared to last year, which yeah, last year was true. a disastrous year for Xbox that completely killed the, the 2021 momentum uh, that they were earning. And then this year kind of like hitting us with a surprise then stumbling hard in May with, with Redfall, but then I'll finally kind of back in the upswing with Starfield. 
but it's like they they still they are not like um i wanted xbox to be like a, a legit like threat to sony so to, for sony to not feel like they can just be like in the rivalry tower hans cross be like we don't yeah. have to do, we don't have to do anything we can put out a showcase where we have a solid selection of games there a couple indies there but from our first party studios we're just going to put out cg trailers and it's not gonna matter and oh. that kind of added to it especially when you like mix it with the price hikes of the ps plus that were announced uh, last week that went into effect today actually if you go if you haven't renewed the one month to three months are still the same but the yearly one has been like jacked up now it's oh, just no. yeah it's just year it's just a year one that got jacked up but if you're like if you're trying to pay month to month like it's still 10 bucks for normal it's still like 15 bucks for the for extra and 18 bucks for premium uh those them jacking out those prices and with no like with no benefit at all like not even like softening the blow like yeah we're jacking up the prices the, the worst part is like of course they announced that the month the, the month that they're releasing saints row that garbage yeah. game from last year so it's like Terrible. that felt like added, like adding salt to the wound uh, uh like with these are the three games that you're getting now by the way like if you have a review for a year just know that we're like jacking up the price for 20 bucks it's kind of like i said in a chat had it been a 10 dollar increase i still would have hated it like i've hated every price increase for subscriptions that happened this year but everyone's been like increasing price the thing is that they jacked up the price that's the funny thing is like they instead of like uh, of the expected increase from inflation all that they just like jumped up like twice like and and it just it just feels bad it absolutely feels bad and it's like it makes it i was actually talking with paul about it uh remember how i've been i've kind of turned around with my opinion of like games like even god of war ragnarok and all that mm -hmm. uh it makes me wonder if if my feeling towards those games are not even the games themselves it's towards the company that those games are under it that's kind of like clouding me wanting to like just wholeheartedly love them and it's like it's so it sucks because those developers are really good it's like that, yeah, like phenomenal like, like if you're if you eliminate just the, the the bs like business side of things it's like like i can't fault them like um like the quality that they've been putting out is like it's just been super high quality the games that still good it's like and it's unfortunate that uh in the ps4 era where it's like we had a really pro-consumer sony for a while or at least one that felt like cared about its players on top of delivering those games now it feels like that entire side of that, of that company has just like disappeared Gone has just been yeah. it, it, it's, it's just become like uh you don't even have people like you have shuhei yoshida your self-designated indie guy and you didn't even send him like as a public place at packs of all places like we have to like something's here that he has visited and found some cool indies here and there but it's like where is the fun where is like the you don't like show like compared to nintendo and xbox like you should you, you show that you don't care about your consumers or like you want yeah. or like uh or, or you don't want to like make them happy for so on you it's like you're treating everything as like a yeah we're being successful by default and that sucks and, and and that really sucks and it sucks that they feel like they're being rewarded for it and that's that makes it so painful and that's why i'm hoping especially with uh, starfield having just released this year too massive numbers like oh, actual massive actual massive numbers. massive numbers of people and not just that got it from game pass but bought it on pc and all that and 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 the sentiment that game has that we're going to talk about starfield like our experience with starfield uh, in a bit like seeing those kinds of numbers you're seeing kind of like the wave of positivity and momentum that xbox is gaining i'm like yes thank you like, yeah. this is what i needed from xbox because it's like the first this is the first time in many years where i'm seeing the copium of the console partisans that are just on PlayStation 
that they're feeling the FOMO heavy of them, like not ha having Starfield this time. Like I'm feeling now because they haven't had, uh, for ever since the PS4 came out, I feel like they've had almost 10 years where mm -hmm. they didn't feel like they were missing much because the Xbox One generation was so bad that they, they, they didn't feel like they, they had something super notable that that would make them envious of not owning that system. Like you could have, like you could go with only with a PS4 that entire generation and be and be completely fine because Xbox really had nothing. And now this is the first time that they're like, man, it's like look at all these. Uh, Look at the excitement this game is like engendering. It may not be the greatest game ever. I'm definitely gonna say some words about that. Yeah. But it's like, but it's like it has like it's a really still a really great game. That it's like it's it's like uh, engendering like such high passion from the people who are playing it. That it's like Xbox needs more of those games because with the more games you have like that and people start paying attention, then it's like people are then are gonna start seeing. Yeah, Sony's still just doing the same old shit. And then that eventually is just going to turn on them. Even if the games that they're still releasing are still objective, of objective great quality. At a certain point, like as great as something can be, like someone will get tired of that. So Yeah, for sure. That, so that's why like, I'm really happy for Xbox right now having their moment. The moment that they're really having a Tears of the Kingdom moment right now. Like, uh, like they're really having it, uh, even though it's not reviewing like that game yet. No. Yeah. Oh uh, no! Like, like not even close. And there's consternation with some of the reviews that came out of that thing. It's still like in overall aggregations, it's still like among the year's best. It has. It's just have, it's just one point beneath Final Fantasy 16. That was the yeah. big moment for PlayStation this year, and that was a big moment. It didn't sales wise. It's not like this massive game that it was, but it was also a big moment, like a big exclusive that Sony had. So it's like everyone had their big moment and now Xbox finally had a legit one because the last big moment they had, they face planted Redfall. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let me ask you a question. Like, when do you think the reception would be like if, if like, if Starfield was of the level of like a surefire game of the year contender? Cause I, I, you know, that's why yeah. I'm, that's why I'm wondering because like yeah. right now we've been so hungry for like uh, uh, Xbox uh, to have uh, a Bethesda uh, game and for Xbox to have this really good win. And you know, for the most part, this is like, this is a really good uh, like game. It's just, uh, this feels like a B style game. This doesn't yeah. feel like it's an A tier level game. Yeah, know? it's like when you look at it objectively, it's like there's games that look better, there's games that run oh, better, sure. there's games that in some places are written better. But I feel like Starfield has there's something that despite that, the Bethesda magic is there. Yeah. There's like a, the, the 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 allure of what those games can be in the and the kind of like uh player uh, it's kind of like similar with like what were the big things that people really praise tears of the kingdom for is like the player like uh the player empowerment and, and to them to feel like that the way that they go through that world is like very tailored to their experience and how and the way they experience it was their way and i feel like starfield kind of touches on that it's just missing on the polish a little bit uh, but that's just inherent for bethesda uh i feel like the fervor is there for like a game that is like top tier like just mm -hmm. seeing the moment online of that thing especially just how many sales that game got in pre-release just in yeah, the in sure. the early access that it was charting like it was charting over at the uk that's like you you're paying for like uh the hundred dollar edition so it's the basic people buying hundred dollar editions of that game or yeah. just just paying the thirty dollar uh game pass upgrade for mm -hmm. things like just like um i feel the fervor like we're seeing a, an idea of like what that fervor would be and it just also goes to show that that fervor can still happen even if your game is not a 96 on Metacritic. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah. again, that's just a good barometer to just kind of get like a snapshot of just reviewers. But then at the end of the day, sometimes again can transcend uh, those reviews. And we have a conversation that sometimes you see high reviews and you don't agree 
like personally yeah. that your experience is not that from that so it's like the experience yeah, that Diablo, people are having for instance yeah yeah, yeah Diablo is like an like that game completely washed me over I, I yeah. it, that game came so came and went it had a big mm -hmm. moment like it had because it was like the king of the looters is back and then they screwed up the first season and then no one it's like yes season two is coming but no one talking about diablo right now it's so yeah. funny like yeah games can have like that that kind of flash in the pan moment but i think what her xbox is more significant they haven't had a game like be side guys for them in so freaking long since no. gears I of war 3 Halo was, was Halo Infinite yeah. was supposed to be this. Um, yeah. like whether whether or not like we want to just admit it or not, like Forza is a like Forza Horizon is like a premium level game. Mm -hmm. It's just no one's gonna talk about a racing game like that. Yeah, it's exactly. It's like it can be the greatest great it is the great the greatest racing game it can ever be. It's yeah. still a racing game. That's still exactly. like even even though it had high player counts and all that, it's just like for what this conversation entails. Like uh, uh our racing game is just not that kind of event, especially when this was just another super great one in a in, in like Sports has been the most consistently great franchise for Xbox at a point where everyone has been like Xbox, what else do you got? It's like yeah. a 10 out of 10 forcing game. It's not that impressive. Like like mm -hmm. because it's, it's like it's it's not like the it's not like the tide changer. And, yeah, for sure not. And then Halo had its moment. And the thing is that what's unfortunate with Halo is that it launched strong because the promise was there. The thing is that they bust the promise so early because it was like, uh, again, the problem with live services. If you're not ready to have like no. constant ro content rollout, it's like you die in the vine. And that's what happened. And that's what happened with that one. Even though now Halo Infinite is finally at a good spot. It took like, what, a year and a half? And then at a certain point, you're only here. Oh, yeah, it eventually got good. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, it got good. I'm gonna tell you, like the worst thing that happened to that game is like them not having Forge at launch. No. Like especially, yeah, especially like with uh, the social media era that we're in oh, and people creating like, their own that, little things. That was the biggest, most like the most glorious fumble ever. Yeah. Because it's yeah. like, imagine Forge, the tool that will give you infinite content in between mm -hmm. your. In between, in between your like content droughts because players are that creative. They were gonna build a, a bunch of stuff and they made the best tool. The fact is because they got too ambitious with this Forge tool. They didn't have it ready at launch because yep. originally it was Forge was gonna be part of a bunch of stuff they were gonna launch until like a few months before launch. They were like, oh yeah, we're only launching with the campaign. We're only launching with the multiplayer. Uh, Co-op will eventually join in. Forge will eventually join in. It's like, a, they use the live service excuse of like trying to launch. It was basically an early access game that's not feature yeah. complete and it lost like it had 20 million players at launch imagine if i had that it's like that's what that was the biggest blunder conversation yeah, would have sure. been completely different and it's so it's so unfortunate because now it's like uh they stroke out with halo after three big yeah. like three for three three halo games that had initial promise that then like just fizzled out it's like if it should have been it was like okay this is the your last shot to nail it this is the last shot for you to like hit what people want it's like yeah back to the master chief the graphics looking like hearkening back to the original halo so you're like kind of like talking at the nostalgia of people of like what 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 was the era halo that you used to look like and then the promise of more and then that promise is completely uh, out the window wow. and i was like just like a multiplayer game that's just uh slightly been updated with its seasons but it's like it just exists like halo infinite just exists and mm -hmm. for xbox your flagship title just existing it's like if a mario game just existed or if a last of us just existed so no, it's like that's, that's terrible yeah that's it's, it's it, yeah it's it like like in perception wise it was just terrible and i feel like starfield at the very least 
because it's not tied to any of that crap that no. can like bring it down. It's just the game. It's, it's, it's having that side guys moment that I feel like uh, because it's been relatively well received, it's going to just keep building like for, for when more people play it. When the mod scene that it's immediately there, like yeah. over a PC, like are going to start like adding the kind of like we we're talking with Forge, like the mod scene is basically the Forge of uh, uh, of Bethesda styles of games. It's like the people love that. This is why Skyrim kept so alive forever because people were just like messing around with that game through Absolutely. mods and all that and even Fallout. So it has finally that moment. And I just hope that this is Xbox always starts momentum and then they just fumble it. They had momentum mm -hmm. earlier this year with Hi-Fi Rush. Redfall completely obliterated it. Oh, yeah, so it's for like, sure. Uh, they had the momentum after 2021, after being the only, uh, out, out of the big three, the only one that released games in the fall, from Psychonauts to uh, to uh, the uh, Microsoft Fly Simulator, to Forza 5, mm -hmm. to Halo. It was like, they actually released it. Whether the, if you want to give them praise, or be like, it's still the same all, it's just Halo and Forza and all that. They showed up in that yeah. fall when Sony didn't. Sony was like, oh yeah, we're delaying Horizon, see you for, until next year. Like, if you're, if you're on PlayStation 2021, you were done after Kena. Breach yeah. of Spirits, they, they closed shop. So it's like, they had that, so it's like, oh, so yes, these are the tried and true, but it's like, if this is the cadence that Xbox can get, especially with Game Pass and all that, they're in really fighting shape. Then 2022, nothing. Just pentiment and grounded. Let Tiny, me ask you a question. Because uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious, like, you, you've spent a lot more time than, at Starfield mm -hmm. than I have, and I, I know our first story is about, like, Starfield topping 1 yeah. million mm -hmm. concurrent players on launch day, so kind of mm -hmm. to tie into this, it's like, i love i love that starfield is having its moment right now but i'm i'm one of those people who just jumped into starfield because of packs and everything like that mm -hmm. didn't really get to jump in yeah. my impression almost like four hours in is kind of like mixed because like yes. i love it and then i yes. also think it's like a, yes. it feels like an old game yes i tell you it's like the first few hours i was playing this i was like oh no i was like mm -hmm the vegeta like we can start like we, we can jump straight into like our, our, our because I've, I've been playing it for 34 hours i checked my clock yeah, yesterday so, yeah. you're, so you're just starting is like the early hours of this game are not good they're yeah. like they're they feel awkward no energy it doesn't have the magic you expect out of like a bethesda game that it doesn't have the walk out and like like the get 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 out of the vault moment or get out of the cave moment of like a skyrim or something like that where then you see that door because everything is like so segmented and then it eventually hits you that the grand adventure that you want out of Starfield. Like, even though this was demo, like I actually went back to see the direct. It was like, if you wanted No Man's Sky, this is not No Man's Sky. This is no. like, like, like this is this is not No Man's Sky. It's like this is a game where like space exploration is divided by endless loading screens. Oh my god, I hate it. Absolutely yeah, hate it. Yeah, yeah. Loading screen to get into your ship, loading screen to go into space, loading screen to go to a different galaxy, loading screen for this, loading screen for that. Um, it's a game of grand scope, but it's also very small scale. It's like it's grand scope in like perspective because it, there's a lot of content that you can do in this game. But how you go through that game is very like small scale. It's like it feels mm -hmm. like old school, like old, old school Bethesda style RPG, where it's like it's not that as seamless of an open world as even something like Cyberpunk recently. Uh, oh, that yeah. a lot of that game felt very seamless, even though some sections were separated from a loading screen. Mm -hmm. Is it wasn't everything. A lot of this game is separated from a loading screen. So it has that thing that when compared to everything they expect from a game right now, that's where it's lacking, especially because the early hours of that game are really rough. If you're feeling like you're uh, you, you're not vibing, you're not alone. Me and Paul felt the exact same way. In fact, my biggest red flag was when you start flying the ship and oh, you see those, control you see those yeah. controller, you're like, 
oh no it's like these controls suck it's like yeah. elite dangerous but worse but yeah. this is also the bethesda game where uh usually people say this is like you don't play bethesda games to do the main quest you you, you play bethesda games to Sides. live in the yeah. live in the world do the side quests and all of that this is the first one where the main quest is actually legitimately good like it's oh, legit, is like it? does, yes does yes. it get better because like yes I, it gets. I saw yeah, it does. yeah. Cause like I, at the beginning, I'm like finding yeah. finding all these things. Like okay, I'll um just to let you know where I'm at like right now, j- very briefly. Like I just came back um from um finding the guy uh, like who went to Venus, went to like so uh-huh. many different solar systems, and then you grab his um his fragment that he was using mm-hmm. as a hood ornament, and I just yeah. brought it back to Constellation. So I'm mm-hmm. like. That's exactly where I was at before we jumped on the uh, jumped on the, this mm, episode. Yeah, a lot. Like, yeah, yeah, a lot of that game is about you finding those artifacts. Like okay. a lot of that. Like, have you gotten your powers yet? I'm trying to remember. I don't think you nah, have your powers nah, yet. So I yeah. don't. I don't yeah. have the powers yet. And then like mm-hmm. another thing that I wanted to to bring up, I like. Here's something I love about cyberpunk, and mm-hmm. I know this. I'm not trying to just say one's better than the other yet because I I haven't played mm-hmm. a whole lot of Starfield yet. But like when you complete a quest in in cyberpunk, they just give you a call and say yeah. thank you for completing the quest. I don't have to go back to the person mm-hmm. who completed that, that who gave me that quest and basically cash in every single time I complete a quest. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's forward thinking enough to where it's like oh it's futuristic. I can just say I can call this guy and say like how oh I you- I, I complete the quest just wire yeah. me in the rewards and all that it's wire quality me. of life yes exactly quali- and i'm so, like starfield doesn't have that i have to yeah. go way back across a different solar system across mm-hmm. eight different like load screens at that point and then mm-hmm. go talk find that person and then go go cash in on on every single site yeah until until you have the final conversation with the quest giver and then yeah. it gives you the it gives you the uh, either credits it gives you like the the big xp gains and all that it's very old school that way it's like starfield doesn't have quality of life that you expect from a game it feels from, like it was made in 28 like 2008 in that regard in a lot of <laughs> yeah, parts still, you know yeah it's it's still very like it held too hard to tradition like encumbrance mm-hmm. i bet you're like struggling oh, with I encumbrance right I now it's hate like it right the now. first thing that i did was when i saw the skill tree to earn weight i focused it. everything and literally you know what i did i started running in circles around my ship mm-hmm. like i listened to a podcast because like to to be able to like uh get more weight as you have to get 75% of your weight um, of, of like everything you're carrying you have to be 75% or or more full and then sprint and then uh, sprint a certain kind of kind of a, a sprint a certain amount of meters it, it tells mm-hmm. you sometimes it keeps it keeps filling up yeah like go and 10 then, meters go 15 that's what yeah I'm exactly yeah. yeah so so and after you do it and if, and if you have a skill point that's when you can uh that's when you can insert it and then you have a little bit more weight you can get up to 235 of uh just weight that you can have which i actually went back to fallout 4 250 mm-hmm. is the it's the top over there and Oof. on top of that and, and 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 on fallout 4 if you got into the big suit that you get in it becomes 365 so you're okay. more encumbered in starfield than uh oh than, that's ridiculous than, than in those previous games and and the thing is that uh, if you're very like, I want to pick everything because I see that this thing has this amount of value that I could potentially go sell and all of that, uh, you're going to have a hard time like not like parsing out what you want to pick from this litany of things that you can pick up in the environment. And it requires so much of you using your companion and be like, hey, I'm going to dump a bunch of this weight to you and uh, carry, carry it my way. It's like the, 
I've, I have sworn to carry your burdens. The whole meme from like back in back in Skyrim. That's mm-hmm. still a, that that that's still that still is this game, and oh. that is that is something that you either get used to it or you're just gonna have like a a hard time. That is that is unfortunate that they still didn't. I, I bet you a lot of people are gonna mod this game to like give you infinite encumbrance. I tell you because it's like it's just annoying. Like encumbrance can be annoying, and eventually you just get used to it. But it's not great. It's like this is how I say it. It's like um. There's been a lot of consternation about like two reviews in particular, the one from IGN and the one from GameSpot. Mm-hmm. They gave it a seven. I can see Xbox, that right now. X- Xbox fans were pooping their pants in diarrhea mm-hmm. when they saw that. When I was playing early on, I was like, those reviews sound right. Yeah. It's actually something it's like, uh, this is good, but there's a lot of problems with this thing. There's a, like, uh, there's an abundance of systems that are not explained. Once again, a big problem for Fallout 4. Uh, there's like for the crafting from that from that game is back and in different forms because you can craft the healings you can craft and in different tables craft the different mods for weapons craft the different pharmaceuticals craft craft food and all of that but unless you actually actually go online maybe or go into the skill tree to enable the skill to be like uh to allow for that it's like the game doesn't really explain this to you uh the map is basically non-existent is like i hate the map i hate it so far and the things that there's no map how that got through blows my freaking mind because there is maps in the pip boy in the other games and even if when you're like in dungeons it's like not super detailed but at least you know where to move to different places they this didn't is just put as that bad thing. as like jedi survivor and fallen order when it comes to map map age yeah. and i was like i don't know yeah. how that how you put out a yeah. game that's just as bad as those yeah and people say it's like no this is like encouraging you to use the story like the the in-game world to guide you and i'm like have you seen the font in some of these places like Mm-mm. it took me so long to find a freaking store like to be able to like go sell stuff that i'm over encumbered with and try to like earn some cash and all that. It's like a, the only time that I found a story is when I went to a desert place in Aquila. That's what it's called, mm-hmm. New Aquila. Uh, it's it's a place that at the very least, because of how it's designed, it feels like uh, what's the city from Fallout Three that has the bomb? Metaton, I think it's uh, Metaton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels more like Metaton. So it's like at the very least, it's not overly designed. You can see like a store is called a store, and you can go in and sell this stuff. And mm-hmm. I know there is like a certain coolness to be able to just guide yourself through through the world but it's like it feels like a bunch of quality stuff that used to be there is not in here and that is unfortunate because what it makes is that i tell you it's like if you're don't be feel surprised if you want to bounce early on it's like this game has a really rough like onboarding it eventually yeah it eventually though it clicks like eventually uh when you start doing like some of these uh to me, where the moment it clicked was when I became a deputy at New Aquila. Uh, okay. I started and I started to do like the one of the faction side quests that are very famous from like it was just a side quest that started with you like going to check on some farmers that apparently they're being extorted and people want to buy their land, and it just like goes that down a deep rabbit hole of mafia and all of that that just keeps oh, that getting cool. deep, that keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and some excellent writing it's included there that you're like, yeah, this is this game. This is the this, this is what I love about it. But that's RPG. It's like that. And here's something that I have to give them credit for. I'm I'm running a big persuasion build. So many places that I talk my out of my way out of. 
It's like the game is like, it reminds me a lot of the Outer Worlds that if you like play your cards right with your dialogue and all that, like, you can walk unscathed out of so many places. They have included that here. Uh, they have like, they have made the fantasy of your role playing a specific role, like feel tangible in the conversations you're eventually going to have in some of these quests, but you start seeing them much later. That's like eventually after everything starts clicking for you, that's not going to become apparent. I have... Do you remember what your three um, perks were when you pick perks your class? Were, yeah, yeah. Um, I had the persuasion perk, yeah. I believe. Mm -hmm. I had that one. I had. The... Are you an empath? Because I became no, an empath. No. Yeah, I'm an empath. I, so. I, I probably should have, um, but no, I I did um, persuasion perk. Um, I did the the fan, mm -hmm. the guy who was yeah like, the fan yeah uh, yeah yeah. I did that the, the, one. The blonde then, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and then I did the one where I have a huge bounty on me. Um, oh, okay. So you became like a scoundrel. You, you become like a scoundrel. Yeah. Like, like yeah. a scoundrel. Yeah. Because I was just like, if I can be like, I, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm going to make a character that's basically like Star-Lord. Yeah. And, and that's what I was thinking. He's part eventually, scoundrel, part yeah, eventually, eventually, how your your quest will be, will, will, mm -hmm. will go based on, because depending on, on those perks, that's the kind of interactions we're going to have with people. Okay. that you will have those bounties you're gonna be like pursued across the galaxy wherever you go that that's gonna start that's gonna start playing out the cool things about this game eventually sprout and that's a problem because it's yeah. like it doesn't it like it doesn't start great it just doesn't and it took me after like uh it, it really took me five hours to be like hmm, i think i like this because it, it was the first night after i played for four hours i was like okay just the fact that it's a space game that is kind of carrying me through because I always said I wanted a space game. So some of that idea is still there, but obviously it's like, mm. it, it, it was a very, mm, mm, it's, uh, but I, I tell you, it, it's so funny because I was actually having this talk with season gaming yesterday mm -hmm. uh, as I was pursuing, because eventually you're going to open quote unquote side quests. That's how you get your powers. I okay. did so many of those. That reminded me a lot of Preston Guardian from Fallout 4. Be like, we have a oh. we have a we have a settlement that's being attacked. Go help them. Mm -hmm. Something like if you just felt like that, that it hit a burnout moment. I was like, oh god, I got bored of this already. Oh and no! I, I I hit that moment. So I was like, do you know that the only Bethesda game that I beat in is actually Fallout 4? I never beat Oblivion. I never beat Fallout 3. I never beat Skyrim. New Vegas is Obsidian, but I never beat those. Uh, Eventually, I feel like those games lost me, like, like lost me, or I got distracted with something else, and then I just decided to play something else. And the reason why I finished Fallout 4 was, on top of it feeling more like a shooter back then, not a really great one, but it felt like one. I wanted to force myself to be like, no, I gotta finish one of these. Like, I, yeah. the, the other ones have just escaped me. And it just, it, it made me realize, is the Bethesda style of RPG really not for me? Because it, feel, it feels like it gives you so much. It's like so wide open with like the options and all that. But eventually being so wide uh, for some people that may need a little bit more of a thread to pull you in, mm -hmm. uh, that can, they, can, that, they can eventually lose you. And that's, this is where I need to like give at least Starfield some of its flowers. There is a, there, there is a quest called the high price to pay that I was playing. Oh, that at sounds a, cool. Yeah. Uh, at that. That the, the moment that I played it, I was like, holy crap. Like, some of this, what happened, uh -huh. like, in the story, I was like, I don't remember Fallout Forever having, like, big story moment like this, that <laughs> no. my decision made me lose people. That this is the moment, this is a Kate and Ashley Mass Effect moment, where, like, the, your decisions could, like, potentially make you lose, like, some of the people that you find in this thing. That I'm like, okay, and the, inter the, the story has taken an interesting turn, like, into the more, uh, in, do you watch Interstellar? 
like when it started getting a little yeah. bit weird yeah so mm-hmm. this it feels interstellar weird now like especially in the space science you feel it starts feeling like that that i'm now being pulled by the main story and i'm like i don't think i want to do more cycles right now but i'm actually really interested where this story will go and i've also heard from many places that new game plus in this game is wild like it's that's one of my like, hear. yeah and that's why i'm like I've heard from many people that I trust say the exact same thing that I'm like, okay, I definitely want to see through it. Even though I now see people be like, don't try to rush the main story. Like try to play it as a Bethesda RPG where you're going to like find your side quests and end year with characters and all that. And I'm like, yes, but I kind of got bored a little bit of just yeah. doing that. And I feel like at the very least, the main quest that they've cooked up, if you're feeling down on where things are, so many systems unlock just by doing the main quest. It feels like the onboarding, like this game feels like it wants to onboard you more through the main quest. Oh, okay. But that you, that didn't used to be a, a thing with other Bethesda games. Like you could get out of like a, out of the vault and go do a bunch of stuff without even touching Metaton at first. Yeah. And like find and and I feel like they, for better or worse, putting so much into that main story. If you're like a Bethesda game studios. Um, like, like like a fan that used to love just living in the world and do this stuff, you're going to miss out on so many features by not doing the main story. So I would say right now, Sebastian, just mainline, beeline. Okay. Until the, okay. And, and, and then after, until you feel like you have enough systems open, then eventually, and, and if you want, then want to take a break from the main story, then then start doing those, uh, side, those, side, those side quests because uh, they nail side, they definitely nail faction side quests. And at the end of the faction side quest over the maze queue, a deputy, gives you the best ship mm-hmm. that oh, automatic okay. that, that automatically like fixes a lot of the ship problems it handles better is way bigger it has way way more storage like and it I has like have a lot more crew members because right now yeah. i think I, I can only do like two or three right yeah you can have like five there and then you can have oh, some i can do five at like at the very like for the intro ship uh no for the for the one that you're that the ship that i got from that quest. okay gotcha gotcha yeah. gotcha i was one yeah. i was wondering i'm like uh, like how big can you make these ships because i'm like can't are they like uh, like all limited to the where they're like millennium falcon side can i make like a star fleet type of ship it, i've seen big ones i've seen okay. big ones and uh eventually you unlock the ability to start like modifying some of the ships so yeah. okay. and since you're so, a scoundrel since you're a scoundrel of bounties steal one that's exactly There's, what i'm looking yeah, for I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah look look for one and go steal it especially if, you, if that's your role that you want to play like the game will adapt itself to you that way and so i here here's a question um that I'm, that and you're the perfect person to a- mm-hmm. answer this it's like originally when i found out that w- when this game was kind of being unveiled and then later on when we got the big deep um mm-hmm. i want to say like our explore like yeah the direct when we got earlier it. this year mm-hmm. yeah for sure like i thought this game was gonna be a little more how do i put this um feeling as far as like or a little more like or a little Alive? less empty yeah, a uh, little more yeah, live as well. Like this, I will. I almost felt like I. I didn't necessarily think it was gonna be Grand Theft Auto Five, where mm-hmm. everything felt populated. But I thought it was gonna be like more than this. It, yeah. it feels like when you're flying Here, in space, it's empty. yeah, it, yeah. It's, it, space is empty. Exploring a lot of the planets, it feels empty. The the thousand planets uh, that are procedurally generated. That's a big bust for me. It's mm-hmm. like it's very. Uh, the only reason why you would do that is if you're trying to pursue specific upgrade path for your gear and you need specific uh, materials, you will yeah. find maybe a planet that will have those materials and then you can create a settlement there where they're going to be mining those materials for you to go pick them up uh, once in a blue moon. 
but exploration wise is like other than the vistas and i tell you because I've, I've taken some screenshots i posted them on my twitter uh visually uh when not looking at the faces of people i feel this is definitely the prettiest a bethesda game has looked from like uh from, from from an art style perspective and sometimes it's kind of when the lighting just hits right and you see like the you see the skyboxes and all that there's like a real sense of beauty and just yeah, like seeing sure. space that it then immediately can be dashed by like a really awkward facial and facial animation which uh-huh. by the way their facial animations are still the best that they've done but it's still like compared to cyberpunk it's like you, you definitely feel like yeah it's like it's gotten it's the best if you like isolate a Bethesda game from everything else, is the best one of their games have looked. It's just not like a top tier game, like when, when compared to everything to everything else. But there is a level of interactivity that eventually you start like seeing with everything else that you do in the world. That then you're like, yeah, it's like they've always said that. Uh, even Todd Howard has said that they intentionally sometimes scale back on graphical beauty because they wanted their games to feel very malleable. It's kind of like I was telling you with it. It has the it, it's the Zelda. Breath of the Wild slash Tears of the Kingdom thing of, of like it's not the prettiest game in the world, but their game that the, the worlds can feel very interactive. If you decide to interact with them uh, at the system level, but it's not a high it's... yeah, it's not a high tier uh, in production value. It's great looking, but it's not the best looking. Like yeah, it's there's also like a, a little like a part of me that I can't help but to compare it to an experience that I had earlier this year. And that was a Boulder Skate 3 where like uh-huh. the characters look better yeah. than Boulder Skate 3. That's it. Characters- and you are a hundred percent right. It's like Starfield got Fallout 4 in yeah. that in 2015, what was the big RPG that took the world on fire earlier that year? The Witcher 3. Oh yeah. What is the big RPG this year that took the world out of like, 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 like cut the world uh, like off base. Like, shocking people with how good it ended up being Baldur's Gate 3. So yeah, it's like and it's and it's weird because like uh, like okay so I can do something bad to somebody in Starfield and they they don't react they might react in the moment but then like when I talk to them again it's like I didn't do anything to them. They they have that predetermined like and then it will bug out like it happened to me that I've been yeah. playing at Goody to Shoes and then one of my one of my companions suddenly got mad at me and then I needed to persuade him to not feel bad. Like if uh, he was acting like if I had killed someone, even yeah. though I had been playing as good. So it's like, it bugs out that way sometimes. So it's like, it, it feels weird in the eve of, I didn't play Baldur's Gate 3, but I've seen it. I've seen the incredible amount of writing that Baldur's Gate 3 has to adapt to every freaking decision that you make, like legit in yeah. a way that in, in Starfield eventually gets there. But it's not even remotely as deep as that game. So it's like it releasing in the eve of that is like the only way that Starfield like comes up ahead is if your preference is is something more active as a game instead of like dice rolly CRPG and all, and all that, that turn based yeah. and all that. I get, I get the, that. Yeah, it's like the only way that the Starfield kind of comes out ahead in the RPG realm. And also the idea that eventually space exploration kind of gets really alluring with the sky business that you get. It's like I became like I became a photographer with this thing. I was like sending Paul so many of those screenshots because eventually it's like there's a certain beauty that you can find in the game that is like yeah in screenshot form it's like man it's like this the sun's rising in Mars like the view to how the colors mash together is like it feels magical that way but okay, so, it's in it's in the little details that this game lacks quality so, of life and deep and and and, and prestige and, and pristine 
Okay, so I this is something like I I reserve the right to take this back whenever I eat crow yeah. and obviously get mm -hmm. a lot a lot closer to like a lot more gameplay under my belt. Mm -hmm. But like I almost and I don't mean this in the bad, most bad way because like the team at Bethesda did a lot of good work with this game. But mm -hmm. I almost wish like there was a lot of features from Cyberpunk almost mm -hmm. like in this game to where I'm like it like I don't how do I feel how do I put this without sounding like insulting? Well, like Cyberpunk feels like yeah quality, quality of life, life it's also uh -huh. like it's also like i feel like melee is better in cyberpunk than starfield i also mm -hmm. feel like i the gameplay like the gunplay about tit for tat i mean i don't think either one of them are like super amazing gunplay but i think yeah. they're good they're serviceable yeah uh, but, there's some better weapons i eventually get that makes the gunplay feel better the problem is that the enemy ai is brain dead so yeah. it that that is that can be a problem uh, eventually you find enemies especially some robots that are real sons of bitches like they were like they, they they you actually will start dying you're like oh crap it's like this i i didn't know this this, this could get hard like it, it has some weird difficulty spikes at, at times that eventually will make you be more careful with how you handle the the weapons you have and the the things that are in the environment that you could use or maybe even pick up uh to use against them especially like when you get powers it actually gets cool like you get a power that eliminates gravitational pull and everyone starts floating and you can like mm -hmm. like and you can like pick them up like that there's one that allows you to do like a dash that mm -hmm. after you finish that dash gives you a little bit of like a a few seconds of extra power so you can be like dashing and attacking dashing and attacking so kind of like the perks in cyberpunk uh-huh yeah eventually you get those perks yeah okay gotcha yeah. gotcha it's just you know, I uh, and um again, I'm like I've I've barely scratched the surface yeah. of, of Starfield. You are so. you you are at the moment where I was in that game where mm -hmm. your criticisms are valid because what makes the game great hasn't really shown itself. Yeah. Eventually, like eventually, it just grabs you, and again, it's like it sucks. How like in, at a time where we have so many games, and so many games know how to like grab you immediately. Having this slow of a start, not the best idea, but because th these are games that also have the advantage that you know that you're in for the long haul and you kind of know how their games work. If you know how that Bethesda game works like in the long haul, eventually everything that makes their Bethesda game great, it's all there. It's just yeah. that getting into it with the space exploration, getting getting over the hump of knowing that everything feels like it's hub. If you're in mm -hmm. space, you're in a bubble hub of just being like in that space where you're just moving the ship, pressing a button, holding the X button to then go through a quick loading screen that takes you into a different uh, into a different galaxy or hovering over a, over a planet, pressing the A button and then press the X button to pull out the map. Just scroll out the map to see like if there's a landing point, then pick that thing, hold yeah. X button to do it. So it's like it's, it's a menu nightmare. And again, it's, it's the quality of life problem that I was telling you that it's non-existent compared to other stuff. But... When it comes to sheer role playing that eventually the game lets you live in, uh, that is, I'm starting to see more with some of the decisions that I made that have opened entire new side quests that I wasn't expecting that I was gonna open. That it's putting me now in like, I did a I, I did a, a main quest where I needed to retrieve retrie retrieve an artifact and I persuaded mm -hmm. my way through a pirate ship, but I ended up stealing that artifact. That was like the only option that it gave that it gave me that put a bounty on my head that then captured me on my way back to the base. And the person that captured me, which is like a, from the police guy, be like, because I see in your record that you're like a soldier. I think you're pretty good at following orders. How about if you, I recruit you so you can go infiltrate this pirate, the, 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 the most scummy pirates in the galaxy. 
And then you're 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 gonna be like a double agent that is it's gonna report to me so we can like bring that down. It's like that happened based on the decisions that I made. And these are the kind of emergent story moments that while not Baldur's Gate level, it's okay. still like it, it's still in the Bethesda level that still makes it your experience. And with combat that eventually starts feeling better with the guns that you get, with the and mixing it with the powers and prettier planets that you start finding and and, and all of that, eventually it it starts delivering the, the 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 experience that I remember was promised at the direct. A lot of the, that's the thing. Like if you go back to look at what the the direct was back in June when we saw it, it's like a lot of what was promised there. This is that game. Yeah, it's it's not more or it's not less. It's Let unfortunate ask- that quality of life that should have been there is not there because it could have made the game better. So. Yeah, let me, so I I completely get that, and I, I'm going to continue to to play through this because I want I want to give this the the better opportunity, and yeah. I heard so many great things about it. So obviously, going to continue to play it. But like, I I got to ask you a question based on everything you're saying right now. This is mm-hmm. a game you have criticisms, but you yeah. absolutely love it. But like, do you feel like at the end of the year, like at the Game Awards, where there's like six games up for Game of the Year historically, do you feel like this is Game of the Year contender? in your opinion it's tough because i'm seeing a lot of people love it like one uh-huh here's how i say it uh this is one of those games where if you look at it objectively when you see a score like a seven mm-hmm. it's hard to refute it from a like like, like from a sur- yeah. surface level but after 34 hours that i put into it um and, and especially some of the rabbit holes that some of those side quests took me and the and some of the surprise twists and turns that I found in the story, uh, with like what the potential villain may be, or like what the point may be of all that. This is kind of like those sevens that you love like a nine. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like an eight. So it's kind of like an yeah. eight out of ten for me right now. Uh yesterday, that, that was so funny that this happened this happening after yesterday, because yesterday I was ready to be done with the game because I was I played 30, I'm already getting bored of it. So I'm just gonna try to like beeline, beelining like in just the missions that I did jolted my excitement back up be like i was i feel like i was ready to be done to be done just to be done because i kind of want to go back to other games that i was playing on replay and all that but I, now i'm like yeah this like filled me up again there's like some really cool story moments in this thing that now i generally i don't want to finish it just to say that i finished i, I definitely mm-hmm. i'm interested now from a story perspective to see what this what, what the thing that happened means to me uh and how this is going to resolve and how all of this is gonna tie to this like super highly praised new game plus that I keep hearing from everyone. So that is also driving. That is also driving me. Uh, the thing is that if you like take collective reviews, it's like this is reviewing exactly as some of the better games of this year. Yeah. Uh, like it's it, it, like it's it's still kind of like in, in that caliber. So if you're just an Xbox, I feel like you have a gun that you could put it there. But I don't see this winning game of the year other than being like a personal favorite. Uh, yeah. Do you see this being in the top six though? When they when they announce the game awards and nominees, because you and I have a, a mm, yeah. we have a pulse into yeah. the industry, but like yes, so like the industry is voting uh, and that's how they decide these nominees. Like if you're thinking like if this was last year, if this was year uh, before, we uh-huh. could say like oh this has a clear case, but like yes, this but is this year the yeah best year of video games history. Do you yeah, think this it's... is in the top six of video games right yes. now in the um, industry? Whew. Yeah, I'll get that, back. I'll, that's the yeah, problem. Yeah, I, I, I'll get back to you when I finish because this is where I've heard also that some people like really solidified their opinions of the game when they finished it. So, as of right now, no. I, as of right now, like how yeah. I feel about it, no. 
the thing is that I'm really like overall I've had a really enjoyable experience even with my problems with it uh I'm also my tilt with space and all that is like I've always wanted a space game like yeah, this for sure so uh-huh. it's like that is aiding a lot and I feel a lot of people feel that way but don't be surprised if it ends up not making it I can see it making it just on we need xbox representation here yeah exactly <laughs> just, 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 the political yeah, things of it. Yeah, yeah. In, the, in the in the political side of things i can see they're like uh unless a lot of people pull like in in the big websites uh the only site from the big three that reviewed it that gave it an 8.5 you know the game informer does the top 50 of like they don't do like a, they just be like we mm. want to list the 50 better games i would put there like i see that being an uh over there for game informer for GameSpot and ign no way no like but no, like no yeah. way <laughs> Yeah, we live in a world where like yeah. Forza Motor, like Motorsport, can very, very uh-huh. well like review a lot better than Starfield, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, it it won't be in the Game Awards, like the Game Awards top six. But like, mm-hmm. think about it like this: Sea of Stars probably has the indie spot locked up, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. From what I'm, what I'm thinking about, of indies of this year, I can think of a bear, a bear one that's having like a moment, like yeah, a, like it is with uh, selling a lot, like reviewing so high from everywhere. So. Because beforehand, I would have said maybe Dredge, maybe like, mm-hmm. because like historically in the Game Awards, like um, over the last couple of years, there's always been the one indie representation in that mm-hmm. top six, right? You yeah. know, like whether it be Stray, whether or not, whether it be like different games like that. But like, so if we count down like, okay, so Sea of Stars got one spot. Mm-hmm. We we for sure can say Tears of the Kingdom's got one yeah. spot locked up. And, and Baldur's getting and, and Tears of the Kingdom, just on the fact that they're both the 96 of yeah. both Open Critic and Metacritic, just in reviews alone, it's like, it ensures their spot there and also receiving 10 out of 10s in some of, in some of those sites. So I can see it. It's the other four that are interested. Like, um, for so example, three spots. If they yeah. only do six spots, we only got three spots left, fam. What what yeah. are we? Uh, are we so I think because it was there in 2018. Is Spider-Man Two is as good or better? It will it's be four. there also. That's four. That's four. Spider had a moment. Yeah, Resident Evil had a moment. Resident it has Evil a 93. Four? Yeah, so it's like it has a That's lot. Six and, already. Yeah. I'm like already bracing for the fact that Final Fantasy 16 may not be in the in the six, and I don't that, think it will be. Yeah, and it, that that breaks my heart because that is my favorite game this year. Yeah. Uh, I, I I hope that at least they sneak it in, as deservedly so, in music of the year, and they have Soken playing. They're the, the, they're the orchestra yeah. that plays like like how they do always the halfway show that they they, mm-hmm. they do like a big music moment from one of the games. Really uh, like cool. last year the last year they had the final song from Ragnarok, the Hosen mm-hmm. guy. Uh, played it and then the year before i'm trying to remember what was the music in 2021 but they always do that they yeah, always, always like since, do it. yeah they always do like an interlude and like a big musical moment of the year so i'm really hoping that right now there's no other game this year at least in music that has hit as hard as final fantasy 16 and just soundtrack and yeah. they even included the soundtrack in the audit they did like a concert sponsored by the game awards that uh, like in june they included that game the game had just come out and they still included there i can't imagine it not being there uh even freaking ben star better win best actor as of right yeah. now like 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 it, i i would write i would lead the riots in the streets if ben star doesn't win like like actor of the year i tell you but i, I think um, the i think the only person who has like uh mm-hmm. like this is we haven't played the game yet but i think like peter like peter yeah peter Parker, that, the yeah yeah you're lowenthal yeah Jerry depending Lowenthal's on how that goes or even uh yeah. uh what was the name of the guy that makes uh miles like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, Miles Morales uh, actor. Yeah, the, oh. the Miles Morales actor and trying to remember. Sh- no, I know, no, Shamik Moore is the 
is the, is the one from the, the, from Spider Verse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one. By the way, do you do you ever see? I'm speaking of Sean McMore. Do you ever see the memes of him being like the, the only? Jeter. Yeah. <laughs> Najee Jeter is the one who does like the Najee Jeter, yeah, Cosmo. yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he was and he, and, he, and he was Sam in uh, Last of Us, also. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So those could be other two ones that are there. It's just that Ben Starr went so hard that I hope he yeah. wins. Like again, like me knowing that, especially in the kind of year that it had, uh, that even though I freaking love Final Fantasy 16, it's like it's just everything around that I can see politics not landing it there, no, and the insane year we've had because of yeah. that in any other year like it's it's just absolutely it, absolutely you can't even be mad because of the year like this yeah. year is so crazy exactly this, this is the year where a snob is like 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 a snob feels like justified unless yeah unless keely this year pulls an oscars and be like we're having 10 nominees now no, like it's like the, the only time that that could happen uh and that way you, you could sneak in and because here's my thing um uh, where does this put hi-fi rush I, I love Wi-Fi Rush. This was earlier this year, yeah. <laughs> so. Mortal Kombat is also hasn't come out yet. Alan yeah. Wake hasn't. Alan come Wake's out not coming, and, and yeah, like, the hype that's leading on those. Uh, man, what a year! That, I tell that you. top six, that top six might be impossibly hard. That, and that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. like, we live in a world. Starfield might not make the top six mm-hmm. based on how mixed yeah. people are about it. Yeah, and it can only get in just on politics alone. Babe. Yeah, at least that's just, just, just on how I see mm-hmm. it. Yeah, uh, because I know Jeff Keighley was like. He did make a snipe comment up over at the games because like, yeah i'm playing it early also i can't say anything about it that was before the stupid guy like that walked into me and be like hey where's gta 6 mm-hmm. bill oh, clinton wants to play stupid. gta 6 like that the thing that happened stupid. to him so we'll see um uh, i will say this it's like this game has more excitement from like the content creator that are yeah not in metacritic mm-hmm. kind of you know what i like, how this like, like we had that conversation with the strand yeah why mm-hmm. that trending got into the top six and in 2019 yeah it's because uh that game had high praise from the non-scored sides because that game Mm -hmm. was only in 82 but still made and again because jeff keely like it's all encompassed he just he doesn't only get like the votes from like the red and outlets now he also gets like votes from like the easy allies the kind of funnies all of these like big sides our armored core too i'm like what yeah (laughs) what yeah, that's an armor course, an armor course, phenomenal. That's a game that I had to drop because of Starfield, but yeah, it, that, that one was like, what a free! I tell you, it's like we're not gonna get another year like twenty, uh, like like twenty twenty three again. It's like it was the perfect storm. We got it's so many the of these games because ever. because so many of those games that got delayed from other years came up here, and other yeah. games that were planned to release here, they all came together. So twenty twenty six might be the next time we probably see because of long development cycles and all that. But yeah, twenty twenty three is a banger. And at, I'm glad at this it, point, all we're missing yeah. is a Grand Theft Auto and a Pokemon, and we have yeah. every all everything. Represented. <laughs> yeah, everything's been represented. It's like the last time I remember a year represented like this was 2011. 2011, yeah. 2011 was like again a, a year that also had a Zelda, also had a Bethesda game, also had like a big Sony game, also had a big Xbox game. Uh, in the, in this case, it's one and the same with Starfield because back then it was Gears of War three. Uh, Sony had Uncharted three. This year they have Spider Man two. Uh, and also modern warfare 3 was 2011 now there's yeah. a modern warfare 3 this year also so the what? parallels cannot be like more obvious and how sad it be that uh jedi survivor will also get snubbed in this, yes, oh my goodness yeah. we didn't even bring that up in the six in the yeah. sixth conversation that's how yeah. deep this conversation is like deep like, this year is i feel I, I feel this could be the year that makes the exception of pool and oscars and because Keely has changed before. It used to only be five nominees. He moved it to six. 
he mm-hmm. has added will he no, add maybe I, an extra yeah so that's the thing like he could no one would object because yeah, that's it because it's a year overflowing but be, be, be like we're gonna make an exception we gotta like talk about a bunch of these games so yeah crazy year and, and so again like uh, i would hope i could hear from you next week like give it start till another full week keep playing yeah, I, got, yeah. I, I, I definitely want to hear more because definitely this has been a game that just consistently got better for me i hit a snag yesterday where i was like yeah i even told the guys be like i, I got roasted by the season gaming guys because i was like uh, because we don't know if we're going to review it over in season gaming because it just passes by, but we want to see if we can do like a post review, like gather a bunch of opinions all at yeah. once. And everyone gives like an gives like an individual review. And I said something to be like, yeah, I would love that because then I could go blast there and saying that I just I already got bored of this game and I feel like a seven is right. Exit chat. That's, yeah. that's, what, I, that's, what, that's what I said because that's how I was feeling yesterday. And then two hours later, the story moment happened. I was like, oh crap. Now I'm, I'm I'm back in. So it's really weird though. That's a it's a mm-hmm. pendulum swinging game to where yeah. I'm like, yeah, its highs are really high and its lows and its lows are really low. Yeah, really low. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm like people that say that this is their favorite thing because their highs are really high. I don't begrudge you your opinion. Like no, you can sure have not. that. Like because uh, here's the thing: like Final Fantasy 16 is also a game with the most incredible highs mm-hmm. I've ever seen with a game. And some really boring lows. Oh, it has that. Mo- yeah. It also has those moments uh, where it's like it, it it fails to sustain momentum. But the highs of that game still made it my favorite thing that I experienced this year because it's like it's those highs that has just lived rent free in my mind. That are just gonna stay with me forever. So I, if I feel that way about Final Fantasy 16, not even the best reviewed game this year. It's like I don't begrudge people feeling that way about the highs that Starfield eventually engenders because I have had those high highs just in exploration yeah. alone. So yeah. I see that it's like it's. But again, you mentioned also pendulum swing. I'm yeah, really hoping sure. you eventually get that pendulum swing that I got. Like, try to find those uh, those uh, side quests. Find those. I, at least I, uh, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna do what you said. To, um, I'm a mainline the main quest today. Yeah, and until you, and, and, until you get at least one power at the very least to unlock that, and then see if you can like join a faction. Try to follow those factions through, and see yeah. how deep the rabbit the rabbit hole goes in some of those side quests. Yeah, and sure. that's that, that's where it's gonna click for you, but don't feel bad for feeling that way. We all did. Yeah. In fact, even super Bethesda diehard fan, Mr. Matty Place over in YouTube, he was the first oh, one really? that I heard. He was like, he was a big Bethesda fan, and he was not liking Starfield in the first hours. Mm-hmm. He did like at, at Defining Duke like when he did the review discussion with Lord Cognito and Gene Park yeah. last week. He mentioned that, and they were like, "Oh my God!" It's like you're saying that, but. It, it like it eventually gets there. That's the thing. It eventually does get there. Okay. It's unfortunately it doesn't start there, because a lot of people are gonna be like you, and may even bounce. Be like, nah, it's like this ain't it, fam. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, I almost was that until like it's so it slowly started me like, I'm actually like, vibing with it. This is a game I tell you like at least in the last until at least yesterday, where it didn't happen, but before that. I was like falling asleep late playing. I would be like, yeah, I'm going to like explore another planet. Let's see the, what I can find or more. I'll get another power. We're just kind of flying around and just live and take the pictures. And eventually it has that. It kind of has that allure. But I, uh, I will I will say like Starfield and Bethesda better be glad like that the Xbox version of Baldur's Gate got got delayed because like yeah. if that yeah. game would have. <laughs> if oh, they come out of there around at the same time, it was it, it would have not looked good. It nah, would absolutely sure not. not have good luck. And it's just the fact that I feel bad for Bethesda that they got outclassed again. 
after all these years, it happened again to them. They uh, can go. They can go sit at the same table and, and yeah. at Horizon Forbidden West and Gorilla yeah. sitting there right now, and they could both. No, it, it, it happened to, to yeah, yeah, it happened to them, and also Jedi Survivor. That's yeah. funny. Jedi Survivor got also put in that in that table of being completely outclassed. Yeah. So, but uh, but yeah, it's like I I really like it. Again, kind of like I say, I kind of have it at an eight out of ten. If I would be reading it, it's a so great game. I liked I liked it for a while. I thought it was my second favorite game of the year. Like when I was having some of those highs, then it dropped like precipitously, like mm-hmm. like in my excitement. So it has pendulum swung a lot. So definitely, I want to see if I beat it by this time next week. Hopefully, I can have you in, like because I kind of want to yeah. hear more. Yeah, for sure. I, when, when policy, because I want to hear Paul's experience also, because mm-hmm. I kind of have an idea, but he has also had a really buggy time with the game which oh. i haven't like oh. i'm playing is he on playing Siri- on pc no serious as we were both playing on ds which by okay. the way shout out to microsoft they were not kidding like todd howard wasn't kidding when they said that he play tested a lot of this game on the series s because they knew that uh the series S was the majority be of the players are going to be yeah. yeah they intentionally sold a one terabyte black series says this with the day the early access came out so you can definitely tell what their plan was so yeah. i'm really glad because i tell you i also tried the pc version uh because i was like i'm gonna try to see my pc is actually running it really well i was like oh oh that's good okay so that's like pretty good because i have a 2060 gt uh geforce rtx or core i7 okay. laptop uh, so it's not like even top of the line and not running at high frame rate but it's running it faster than the log 30 on the series mm-hmm. s the Series S has only had some frame rate fluctuations when I'm in like uh, New Atlantis, the big city. Okay. So when I'm moving there, it has that classic Bethesda that it feels like it's loading the it's loading the assets, so it's like the frame rate is loading. But for the most part, it's been a log thirty. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I I have many I have many experiences this year that are like I'm not feeling like playing this on Series S. I feel like I could I could be playing it on a better system at the very least. It feels solid enough that I'm not mad playing it on Series S. So they did good there. So yeah. this has been the least box that I've seen on a Bethesda game. I was Skyrim PS3 player. That game Oof. obliterated, like obliterated. That's why I never finished it. It obliterated on me. I, I got rimline and I never wanted to go back to it. So, so that's why like, yeah, it's like, at least from that side, from that in a pocket, it feels like Bethesda's better made game. The thing is that outside the bubble, you've seen a lot of games like outclass it in so many different ways. Oh yeah. But, but, but but Bethesda's games have like a charm to them that even though they're a class in many areas, their charm can still make their games like stand toe to toe with objectively better looking and better performing and better uh, and better made games. And um, there's, it, yeah, it's, it's it's just crazy how that the magic of a certain series can sometimes carry that. And I experienced that heavy with Zelda last, earlier this year. I've cooled off uh, from Zelda, especially after the whole pattern fiasco that that made me mm-hmm. feel a little bit lesser about it even though i've learned more through like some lawyers that it's not as bad as it or as dire as it seemed but it's just the idea that they were patterning what made me more like yeah sorry i'm not gonna reward you now even though you were one of the better games i played this year but i, I just prefer final fantasy um, Here, so. here's my here's my thing i think like mm-hmm. and I, and you know again this is very this is an opinion based on very little gameplay mm-hmm. so i'm like yeah i I don't think this engine's good anymore like in 2023 anymore like i this feels like an archaic engine completely like the what the and the bethesda style doesn't feel like it meshes well with 2023 mm-hmm. compared to like cyberpunk compared to the witcher yeah. for instance and so yeah like i agree i agree with that from fidelity standpoint yeah it's definitely all this is definitely a newer version of the same old tech that they've used 
the only place where I grant them that mm. why I accept why they still use it is because there is no other engine that is, is as interactable as this one in that how many different individual pieces are like pickable and grabbable and all have individual physics to them where you can drop all of those things in your ship. Do you see the thing about potatoes? Yeah. Someone like grab all those potatoes and all just like potatoes, and yeah. all of those potatoes have their own physics, they're their own inanimate objects, and that's like what the creation engine allows them to. Mm. Until another engine allows that level of interactivity. I understand why Bethesda is still using that. But from a fidelity standpoint, from a graphical standpoint, yeah, I agree. This is not yeah. a, this is it's a great looking game in spots, but it's not an overall great looking game. No, so, yeah, it, it is one of those things to where I'm like, I and we were talking about this a little bit in the lead up of when we were talking about packs and such like mm -hmm. that like this is going to feel really dated in a couple of years when unreal when people really get the hang of unreal engine 5 yeah uh, right now i've been hearing from many technical sides that people are like why didn't starfield why wasn't starfield made in like unreal engine 5 and there is a salient point saying that uh, the unreal engine is not made for the kind of game bethesda makes how they make it with mm -hmm. the million different objects and all that yeah, if like yeah. Like mm -hmm. if they wanted to make a game uh, with more limited interactivity and pushing more the fidelity, it could totally be made. It's just that they're so per they're so pernicious about the stupid like, I'm gonna grab the water bottle. I'm gonna yeah. grab this Boba Fett. I'm gonna mm -hmm. grab this watch. Everything. It's like they they're like the only engine that does that. And again, is and they say that they are they could make it prettier. Like that's what Todd Howard said in, in a Lex Friedman interview. Uh, that was the first time that we heard that everyone's fears that this game was not going to be 60 frames because he literally said in that interview unprompted when they were talking about the technology of start uh, of their games. He was like, yeah, it's like, I, and I, I like how our games run at 30 frames because we're definitely pushing a lot of the interactivity and all of that. We could potentially do it with a higher frame rate, but we really care about like the, the like the interactivity of our worlds it's like that interactivity combined with the mod support that everyone gets and see that the creation engine tool allows this is why we we don't we're not the graphical powerhouses but it's like that hasn't stopped our games from like being so highly playable and there's so many people through mods made they make them so incredibly beautiful also so it's like it's yeah. so funny that they eventually let the, the the community let like mod in a bunch of stuff it could seem lazy it's like if that can be happen, why aren't you doing that? But they focused yeah. a lot on the functionality. But yeah, I don't disagree, like from a fidelity mm -hmm. standpoint. At the same time, it's like similar to how I, I even told you that even on a game as old and in decrepit hardware, like here's the key. It's like there can be you can find beauty. It's art style, though. Yeah, it's in, in art. Style, yeah, you can you can you find know? beauty in art style yeah. and specific moments rather than just fidelity. I have a friend, my friend Zach, who is mm -hmm. in our chat with Paul that I have is like, he actually prefers the look of this game than Cyberpunk, even though he says fidelity, no, for here, fidelity-wise, Cyberpunk beats it. He has a very big issue with noisy games, like when a game is too noisy oh. with or too much detail that he really likes it because you haven't gotten into Neon, right? Like Neon City? No, 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 not yet. Oh, wait, wait, wait together. It's like, it's very Cyberpunk in that way. Like it has like okay. all this neon lights. It has a lot of people walking in and all that. It's like cyberpunk, but without too many, too much detail, but still the neon colors. And he was like, "Okay, yeah." So again, it's taste. I guess some people really like a clean look, and mm -hmm. Starfield has like that retro futurist clean look to it that can find beauty in specific moments when the lighting is just right, when everything's clear, when a face is not on, when a face is not seen. <laughs> so that, like when you're looking. At 
What was the um what was the shooter game that was um that was almost like an altruistic future game that we played earlier this year? It was a shooter. You, rem- you remember what I was talking about though? Atomic Heart. Atomic Heart. This kind yeah. of reminds me a lot of Atomic Heart's art style to where uh-huh. like, I don't clean that. Yeah, I don't necessarily it's simplistic, but I don't necessarily find anything super gorgeous, but mm-hmm. it's not ugly either, but it's not good looking. It's that middle ground, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say that I have I had more awe-inspiring moments with, with Starfield than I did than I did Atomic Heart, but just for on the space, just so kind of like on this on the space uh uh just skybox side. of it all, exploration yeah. side of it all. It's like yeah, they really capture, it, especially at night when you see the stars. My god, it's like I, I I have like stretched my the, my photo as much as I could because I'm gonna make those uh, into like a wallpapers. rotating wallpaper. It's like it can yeah. reach that kind of beauty, and I guess like it's because the art style that they use is just right for specific moments. Okay. And so again, it's a great looking game. I think it's a great game. Uh, I hope. Okay. I wonder. Yeah, we'll we'll reconvene when Paul joins yeah, us next sure. week. Yeah, let's see where sure. I want to hear where he's at. I want to hear where you got. I want to see if I beat it, and let's see like if our uh, opinions evolve. Uh, yeah, it, this is a game where both the 10 out of 10s and the 7 out of 10s, they both feel right. Ironically, yeah. they both feel right. Like they're not wrong. So, and it's still a great game that I'm glad Xbox has, at least like regardless of that, that they're having this moment where so many people, at least in good faith, that are enjoying the game are not, uh, because right now this game had an insufferable, and I repeat, insufferable discourse on, twi- on Twitter, like in the lead up to it, like with the console oh. fanboy war- war- warriors and all that. That, I just thought yeah. about some. We talked about our six games and such like that. Uh-huh. We still got two Mario games to come out this year. Yeah, Ma- Mario's guaranteed Mario, to make yeah. those six, right? You know, yeah, like, Be- because what? Mario. Because if you remember, uh, Breath of the Wild and Odyssey. Yeah, but we're both there. Yeah, yeah. I will say, compared to 2017, when they were actually the like, it was very hard to like beat them. If I feel like there's more of a con- if there's something that I love about 2023 is that it didn't feel like the conversation stopped at Zelda. No, and no, I'm kind of like because I thought I thought it was, especially when I was very high on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I thought it would be, but and now it feels like no, there can be legit conversations about like oh yeah, different games. To me, that like the eyes wide open happened after Final Fantasy 16. That was the moment where I was like, oh crap, it's like Zelda is not my favorite game this year anymore. Yeah. It's like that was the one that was where I was like, yes, it feels that like there can be competition. Then Baldur's Gate happened. I still haven't played it. I'm gonna play Baldur's Gate until December. It's like I don't think oh. I can do it right now. Yeah. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. I don't think I can do it. I'm gonna wait for a I, sale. Uh, yeah, I know. I've, I know I'm it's great. I'm so excited for you to play yeah. it. I am so excited because I'm like that is going to like depending on how well it clicks with you might change your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, might change it, your life. Yeah, it's more like I broke through with turn-based Japanese-style turn-based games this year. I don't know if I can break through quite right right now with like more Western-style CRPG yep. like like that one. So that's why I'm like. I kind of want to wait at least on a sale, especially right now because I'm enjoying Starfield. Yeah, if I finish sure. Starfield and then I'm hunkering and be like, I mean, Cyberpunk's coming at the end of the month, so mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll definitely see on that one. But see yeah, Stars as well. Like yeah, see you know, Stars. Like... Is, I have it installed there. I def- I can definitely use that as a, pal- a palate cleanser. There's this game called Eternites coming like next week. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's the it's the action game slash uh, dating sim that actually caught my attention more because it's cheap. It's actually we, like twenty seven bucks. So it's we like got a couple of games like in in like the yeah. end of the show that like uh-huh. might catch your eye as far as like oh yeah snap. yeah when I yeah when I saw that list I was like this year is never ending but Mm-mm. enough of that uh, Sebastian let's get into the news press X all right for the news. 
story number one because it's, it's staying with Starfield. So yeah. star a story by Tom Ivan on uh, by BGC Xbox says Starfield top one million concurrent players on launch day. The game went on general release for Xbox Series X and S, PC, and Game Pass on this past Wednesday. Following a five-day early access period for customers who pre-ordered Starfield's premium, premium Edition or Constellation Edition, Bethesda's new IP was released on September 6 for Xbox Series X and S, PC, via Windows and Steam, and Game Pass. Starfield exceeded 1 million concurrent players across all platforms today, Xbox boss Phil Spencer said on Wednesday. Thanks to all the players who helped us reach this great milestone and congrats to the, to the Bethesda Game Studios. A breakdown of which, of which platform players were using at the time wasn't provided. Starfield hit over 230,000 concurrent players in its first two hours on Steam when its early access period launched last week. So if that was Steam, 230,000 players that pay $100. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. That's Moolah, that's Moolah yeah. right there. The game's peak concurrent player count on Steam surpassed 169,000 after it won on general sale on Wednesday. Uh, in November 2021, Microsoft said Forza Horizon 5 had achieved the biggest launch in Xbox history attracting more than 10 million players in its first week. Starfield dire uh, director Todd Howard recently said the Xbox, uh, the game's Xbox console exclusivity resulted in the creation of a better product. When you're making something exclusive, then the more you can focus, he told the BBC. You know this is the hardware of the thing people are playing on, so the ability to focus on that always yields a better product. Critical reception to the game has been largely positive, with the Xbox Series X and S and PC versions currently sitting on Metacritic scores of 86 and 87, respectively. So, huge, huge moment. It's like, this, yeah, this basically justifies the 7.5 million they, 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 they bought Bethesda for. Like, yeah, they gave them that game. They gave them a, a side guys game that, regardless of opinion, it reviewed great. 86, 87 uh, Metacritic, that's the same Metacritic of Armor Core, uh, Jedi Survivor, uh, Final Fantasy 16, Hi Fi Rush, Diablo. Great company. So that's when you know you're like you're 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 like in 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 great company there, and having this many players immediately, especially the more impressive stat was by Sunday it was like one million players on Xbox and one million players on Steam. That was in early access. So it was like if that was what happening right now, and then after yesterday, I can't wait to see more of those numbers, especially now that it's been more in the wild. So congrats to Xbox uh, for finally having that kind of game that they've been lacking for a decade. <laughs> so. Yeah. Story. Yes. Yeah. Story number two. This was. This one was exciting for me because this happened at the panel that I told you over at PAX. Uh, story by Andy Robinson at BGC. Uh, Square Enix confirms Final Fantasy 16 PC version and DLC plans. Uh, Square Enix has officially announced a PC version of Final Fantasy 16. It's in development in addition to two pieces of paid DLC. More details will be shared on Square Enix's plans for Final Fantasy 16 for PC before the end of the year is set. Final Fantasy 16 producer Naoki Yoshida shared the news during a PAX West panel on Saturday, along with news that a significant update has released for the PlayStation 5 version. It's been just over two months since Final Fantasy 16's release, and we've received an enormous amount of feedback from players around the world, Yoshida said via pre-recorded video. The development team and I have also been watching your videos and stream, play, paying special attention to what everyone thinks of Final Fantasy 16. We put our all into creating this game, so it's a real joy to see so many different reactions. And so, as an expression of our sincere gratitude, we're releasing a free update available for download today. That update added like new customs for your characters and turns transmog for the for the sword, basically, and a bunch of like other quality of life things, like more controller customization and things like that. So, long patch notes there. 
As mentioned earlier, we've seen so many opinions and reactions from our community of Final Fantasy 16 players, Yoshida continued, but one thing that came through particularly strongly was how people wanted to see more of Ballestia's story and spend more time with their inhabitants. To accommodate, the development team has worked started work on two installments of paid DLC. So they have they will say more details about that. Like I mentioned before, I keep repeating, this was my favorite game. This is still currently my favorite game of 2023. Uh, how what was the last thing you played, Sebastian? Of that one, I wanted to like know how far do you get before Ooh, you get snap. Let me to remember, yeah, yeah, that it, was about it, to say, I'm like, that uh, was pre Boulder Skate. Oh no, yeah, yeah, um, that was pre Boulder Skate, so it was, would have been June, July. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, let me see. I had, um, do you fight with... Titan? No, I haven't fought. I haven't oh fought my Titan. god, you haven't, haven't played, you haven't fought Titan. Haven't fought oh my god, it's like. No, I tell you, I, the game is just gonna get like the, regardless. Now that I know that you're, you haven't fought Titan, uh -huh. the game just keeps getting better and better and better. Like if you think you've seen like what Peak Spectacle has been, you've, okay. seen, nothing, you've seen nothing. Like, I know I, I yeah. know I have two powers. I know I have like Ooh, the fire still, power, the yeah, wind and, power, and wind yeah. power. You're so yeah. So you you yeah. be Garuda. So yeah, for sure. I know I be Garuda. I know mm -hmm. I'm like reunited with the best friend, um, mm -hmm. the childhood friend. Yeah. yeah. I know, I know I did that, but I can't remember a whole lot after that. Do you get the honest. limit break? Do you get the limit break? L3, R3. Do you get that? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I did get that. Yeah. Accept, yeah, accept the I truth. Mm -hmm. so accept I'm the like, truth moment. <laughs> I, I, outside of that, I don't really remember a whole lot um, mm -hmm. as far as like... Um, I remember the lead up to the game. I remember a lot of the mm -hmm. key story moments, but I think that was as far as I've gotten, to be honest. Yeah. I hope you're able to see it through before the year end like for real definitely see it I, through. it's, on my it's game like it, yeah. yeah it's like it's uh like knowing where you are like the story hasn't even ramped up for you i tell no. you like it hasn't even like there's like you think that you know what the story is about and then it completely changes and evolves and like the spectacle is dialed way up like the level of emotions is just cranked the heck up i tell you it's like uh no game has like lived in my mind this entire year like that game after i finished it it was a game that i cried at the end like i was crying in the end when i talk about the ending it makes me tear up it's a game that nails the love like it, it nails brotherly love more than any other game that i've ever seen and oh, it is it, and, and and it is a spectacle that blew my mind at a time where i said that i don't think graphics or like 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 visual spectacle could ever want me again because I felt like we had reached the ceiling. This game breaks that ceiling. You haven't seen like when you see that Titan battle. Oh man, I can't wait for you to see that. Or the Bahamut battle, or even the final battle against Ultima. So yeah, it's it's such a great game. And again, it's like it's I'm already bracing for the fight. It's not gonna be in the six games. If yeah. it somehow if, <laughs> if like I tell you, if it somehow makes the six. That will be enough of a win for me. I like, be like, yeah, you're, you're you're in the group, so you made you, you made it. So that would be enough for me. It's like that's how much I love that game. So, moving to another story, let's talk about a living corpse. Sebastian, that <laughs> was is a story absolutely by, crazy. Yeah, All uh, right. story by um, Tom Ivan from VGC. Oh my Skull, goodness! Yeah, Skull, Skull and Bones. Bones. <laughs> Lucas, third creative director, reportedly still without a release date. According to Kotaku, oh. the up-to-late pirate game has lost its third creative director, Elizabeth Pellin, who had been responsible for rebooting a project that was originally meant to be released in 2018. Skull and Bones had a closed beta test last month, and it's officially scheduled to launch during the publisher's current fiscal year, ending in March 2024. However, Kotaku sources say a release date has yet to be nailed down internally. 
They also claim that Palin's time at the Singapore studio ended prematurely, with the use of Batterin returning to the company's Paris headquarters this summer. Palin, who most notably wrote and directed 2003 shooter 13, and led level design for Splinter Cell's first sequel, Pandora Tomorrow, had been expected to remain at the Singapore studio until at least the end of this year, it's claimed. Five years ago, Elizabeth Palin went to Ubisoft Singapore with a mission to reboot the creative direction of Skull and Bones, a Ubisoft sportsperson tell uh, Tolkotaku. She succeeded, and the Skull and Bones team is now fulfilling her vision to deliver a unique naval action RPG experience to our players. The positive feedback received during the recent closed beta highlights the invaluable work Elizabeth and the entire team have done, they added. Now through the game's launch, our focus is to offer the best possible experience to players by considering their feedback and further poli uh, polishing the game. Why is wow. this game not out? It is wow. insane. Like, <laughs> I, you know, this feels like a, it's not necessarily the, it's not necessarily just the game. It feels like the direction of Ubisoft right now, if I'm being yeah. honest. Cause like they are, they, you know, like outside of AC, um, mm -hmm. it feels like they are directionless, you know? Yeah, and the last uh, their last forward that happened, they're basically their E3 conference this year, was mm. the first time that I felt like they knew that they had been directionless and they scaled back a lot of their uh, unsuccessful uh, ambitions, especially in the realm of life service, and yeah. wanted to like focus more on core stuff. That's how we knew that Prince of Persia became a thing. Their Avatar game looked way better than I was expecting. It felt like the next evolution for Far Cry especially I, for, I hope so yeah uh, especially because it was like basically a far cry game but set in avatar and i'm like mm -hmm. that feels like a it, like, the formula sort of remains the same it being set in a sci-fi world like that it's a cool way to shake up the formula more than like uh, than the blood dragon they oh, yeah, did with far cry sure. 3 back in the day so so yeah, it was like and then uh assassin's creed mirage right now it's like especially the, it's uh, the cover store it's a cover story for game informer uh currently a lot of the things that they're saying is exactly what the Assassin's Creed fan base has been craving for. Uh, like literally everything that they've been saying, it feels like an indirect response to Valhalla, like the things that people mm -hmm. didn't like about Valhalla. So if that hits, that feels like, yeah, at least they still got it that way. And Star Wars Outlaws was yeah, a very impressive. So cool. That was a very impressive game coming from them that I hope at least gets so close, at least gets as close to that pitch that they gave us as when, whenever we get that game back, uh, next year. So it felt like course correcting, but then Skull and Bones is still just hanging there. I know like what the reason why they haven't canceled this game is because this being made at Singapore, I think they have like an obligation to release this thing. The thing is that I don't know what they're waiting on. Here's what's funny. Uh, Travis Northup from IGN, he actually played the closed beta. And did, okay. a, and, and did a uh, and did an impressions piece over at IGN like in preview and he said that the game is actually way better than he was expecting it to be considering everything but I just there's my I don't think the, yeah. I think the bar is so low though yeah like, but it's like, the bar is like so freaking low that I'm like anything other than just disaster may seem impressive it's just, I don't know that that game has a market I don't know if that game has even like every more a prayer it's like it's clear it was like greenlit after the after the black flag like highs and yeah. that side guys passed us way like it's been like Long way ago. done and they're even talking about they're even remaking black flag somehow uh, that, that came like in the grapevine of some rumors i was like so we, we've come full circle like skull and bones was supposed to be an offshoot of that to continue the pirate thing and now they're just gonna remake the game that started the side guys like this skull and bones is like 
it's continuous existence. It's like this is a living corpse of the thing, and it's it's just hilarious, hilarious. So you're in a you're in, you're an Assassin's Creed fan a lot more than I am because yeah. I the only Assassin's Creed games I like are the RPG style, the RPG RPG. ones, yeah, yeah, post for sure, post reimagining, huh? Yeah. So I'm like I. Do you feel like you're encouraged by the direction right now for the AC, um, or do you feel like because I I look at it's I look twofold. at it kind of like yeah, yeah I kind of look it, at it like maybe more so like I don't know if I like this like or but I understand why they're doing this if you yeah. get one of me yeah so it's twofold because I we we know what their plans are Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. Infinity their hub that is gonna house their their next big Assassin's Creed games which is gonna be the Japan one and the and the Roman and the and the witch trials of the Roman Empire one, Hexen, uh, those yeah. are like the next big two. Mirage to me feels like uh, make good for us that have stayed with the series since the beginning, and using it as a callback because the thing is that um, the reason why they had to reimagine it is because they drove the series into the ground mm-hmm. every year. A new Assassin's Creed every year, every year, every year, every year, every year. That then uh, Assassin's Creed Unity, which legendary launch disaster one of the worst launches of a game ever from a technical perspective that once it was got cleaned up a lot of people were like damn it you it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's like this game was not bad it's like you had it if you had cooked it more and they uh correlated the reaction to that and how then the next year syndicate the london one which it's my third favorite assassin's creed game ever uh, didn't uh, didn't set the world on fire because Unity was the burn. Like what was like? No, you burn us with Unity. We're not buying the next one. So yeah, it paid for the sins of the father, and they read at that as be like, oh, people don't like this formula anymore. Let's pivot. What's fo- what's famous right now in the world? Oh, The Witcher. Let's try to make an assassin. Let's try to copy The Witcher and make the Assassin's Creed games The Witcher. And uh, I would say the approximation they did were pretty solid, especially uh, Odyssey. Is the mm-hmm. closest they got with like to, to really nailing that. Uh, I feel Origins out of those three is the best one in that. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's the one that was big enough, but not too big. It was like, it was, it felt cool seeing that it was like a legit origin of the, of where these organizations started. It was like, they were trying the RPG style, but not going full on with it. That, you know, in, in a way that still I like, felt true to the series that then when you go to Odyssey, it was more of an RPG than an Assassin's Creed game. It was like, Odyssey is a great RPG. That mm-hmm. why it's called Assassin's Creed, I have no idea. Uh, it's like it's very like it's it's ties to the, the to the to the series are so tangential at best that yeah. it, that they just use it for like the name brand recognition. I tell you, it's like they made a legit great RPG that it being called Assassin's Creed is probably diminished the uh, like the prestige it could have gotten because it was that good as an RPG. Uh, with all the million choices that you could make like how you can deck your Cassandra and all that um, Valhalla I yeah. felt was it felt like a good compromise between the two the problem with Valhalla mm-hmm. was that it was too long and yeah. uh, and the thing was that when I played it for the first time last year because I didn't play it at launch because I was waiting to get a PS5 and then other games came out and last year because it was so empty I finally had the time to be able to play it mm-hmm. that I initially really liked how it felt like the greatest compromise of the RPG-ness of Odyssey and trying to bring back Assassin's Creed elements from the series that I like, the one-hit kills, actual Assassin Order, the mix of future and past. Like the, the story from the future has like a big bearing of like what's happening in the past and how those are interconnected. That's what sold that series for me, that kind of like Matrix style of like 
the reason why you're going to to the past is because it's like it's teaching you something that's gonna be used like in the future and all that. It felt closer mm -hmm. to that. It was just too bloated. That then by the time that I played all the DLC, I can't even dare see that game now. That the DLC really unraveled me with that game. It felt like it felt like this, this was way too much. And this now feels like they're saying the right things. Like you wanna you you want the elements from the old games back? It's gonna be a shorter game. We're actually gonna even price it a little cheaper. We're gonna harken back to the original one and let's see how it goes. And it's just me. I want to see if that, if them trying to do the old style in the new mechanics can work. And okay. if it works, and, and if it works and it sells well, I hope it tells Ubisoft that it's like, yeah, you can still do this kind of game. If you want to keep doing the big RPGs, yeah, keep doing that. It will probably behoove you to keep that series fresh and maybe have different entries. Like in style. I, I hope for y'all. Yeah, I hope for y'all yeah, core yeah. AC fans if it turns out that way. Like yeah. I, I hope that it, it really hits home for a lot of y'all. Yeah, especially because they still want to double down. If they if they want to double down, they better like still uh appeal to those that brought the series to where it was. Yeah. And why Valhalla was the best selling one was because it's been the only one in three years. Assassin's yeah. Creed still like Assassin's Creed still has that weight to it as a big seller. It's like one of the bigger franchises from the, from the 360 PS3 generation that was in that Call of Duty level of like they. That's why they were able to annualize it because people were buying them. So mm -hmm. it's just that open like it's much easier to annualize a shooter than it is a freaking open world. So that was that that was the development realities that they landed on uh, that wasn't weren't sustainable. So. It feels nice that we got a long break in between entries right now. I just hope this one's good. Based on previous, it sounds like it is. I hope it stays true for the whole thing. And then it proves Ubisoft that bigger is not always better because Ubisoft has been the worst offender in bloating their games. Far Cry 6, another yeah. one like, uh, yeah, so it's rough. like, yeah, and, uh, and Bohalla, Bohalla and Far Cry 6, I took samples of like, no, we're gonna like make this like 100 hour commitments, but the game is just the same. So. I'm hoping, but I'm a bit a long time Assassin's Creed fan. You jumped in with the RPG, so why this one's significant may not resonate for you as much, but I would hope that it could. The fact that it did, yeah. the fact that the game got done so early, they pushed it up in the, the in the release in the release calendar because this game was coming out on the 12th, and now it's coming out on October 5th. It gives me 15 days before Spider-Man. That and a game's supposed to be only like 20 hours, like it's manageable. I'm like, yes. And also because that's my next review. So at least it's not going to be too mm -hmm. long of a commitment. So I'm, I'm really hopeful as a, as a long-time fan. As a, as a recent fan, I'm not surprised if it doesn't quite appeal to you because you didn't jump in before to when that series was special for us. So. Well, yeah, I played the Ezio uh, mm -hmm. games. I just didn't like them. Like, but yeah, I really resonated with the RPG ones. So yeah, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm right there with you. Like everything you're saying is true. I'm like... Well, I'm not a no. While I'm not like a super big like oh, retro style like stealth um, Assassin's Creed fan, like I mm -hmm. played them. It's just one my cup of tea. Exactly. Yeah, and many people yeah. were like that. So, so no yeah. fall, no, no fall, no harm in that one. No, stay sure it's, staying with walking shambles. <laughs> Sebastian, story number uh, four. Uh, E3 confirms no 2024 LA event with complete reinvention reportedly planned for 2025. Story by Andy Robertson. Following earlier reports that ESA has also confirmed it will not hold an E3 at the Los Angeles Convention Center next year, although its claim is not, it has not outright canceled plans for a 2024 event. According to GamesIndustry.biz, the trade body is working on a complete reinvention of the E3 show for 2025. E3 was due to return for its first in-person show in 40 years this summer as part of a multi-year deal with PAX organized for Read Pop. 
However, after months of buildup and uncertainty, the show was canceled in March. At the time, Repop claimed that it simply did not garner the sustained interest necessary to execute it in a way that would showcase the size, strength, and impact of our industry. In a new statement, Repop's Games Events boss Kyle Mars Marsden Kish said, We have enjoyed our time working with the ESA and appreciate their commitment to the games industry as a whole. While we will not be involved with the future of E3, we look forward to seeing its evolution and where the ESA takes it. ESA President and CEO Stanley Pierre-Louis added, We appreciate Reed Pop's partnership over the last 14 months and support their ongoing efforts to bring industry and fans together through their various events. While the reach of E3 remains unmatched in our industry, we are, continue, we are continuing to explore how we can evolve it to best serve the video game industry and are evaluating every aspect of the event from format to location. We are committed to our role as a, as a convener for the industry and look forward to sharing news about E3 in the coming months. In E3's absence, many other events took place in LA in June, including producer Jeff Keighley's rival Summer Game Fest, Ubisoft Forward, and an Xbox Showcase. So, emphasize on location. It's kind of what I was telling you when, it, when Ubisoft pulled out. Uh, the only big publisher that I had confirmed I was going to be there and pulled out is like the LA Convention Center is way too darn expensive to only host indies. Oh, for sure. It's, uh, the thing is that if they couldn't, if Reed Pop of all people, Reed Pop, who makes packs, the de facto, like we talked about them earlier, the de facto now industry fan event. To like bring people together to try games, which is like what people think of E3 when they think of E3. If they if it didn't work with them, how are they gonna like reinvent the show without like the people that are currently doing the best kind those best kinds of shows? They're like, it's so funny that E3 just keeps being like, it's like it's dead, but it's like the ESA wants it to not be dead, even though it's been more deader than that. It's like we're going to five years since the last E3. Yeah, and like in person because 2021 was just digital, like all like, like all digital, and even then was like many developers were like, I mean, we can do our own live streams. <laughs> we don't need them. And Mm-mm. summer game and summer game fest is like the one absorbing all, all like now people want to show up at Keeley's thing. Like Keeley's like very active and be like, hey, they're part of us. Tune into our stream so you can see their stream and all that. So he's been very active at trying to like synergize his event with these events in the way that people always thought of E3 that way. But I feel like the name Summer Games still doesn't carry the impact of E3. It's still not there yet. It's still in its infancy, but it's like, at this point, do you think we will ever go to E3, Sebastian? Yeah, probably like, not. The, yeah, it's I, like, I gave a pope. Yeah. It's like PAX is our best bet of like of getting that experience because yeah, for sure. they're gonna take two years it's like, how much more irrelevant can either, like, you're giving developers five to six years to realize they don't need you. That has been like, to me, to me it was like the, the worst uh, The worst part of all this was when Sony pulled out in, 20, in 2018, uh, when they were like, yeah, we're not going to show up in 2019. Uh, that's, this is going to be the first time we're not going to be there. That didn't hurt them. When E3 got canceled in 2020, and many, many people started doing their own, like, video events that didn't hurt mm. them so it was like it, it was them finally realizing it's like we're not being hurt by not like going to this event the contrary it's like it's saving us money and space it sucks that sony basically was the first one to figure that out and yeah man it's it's, it's unfortunate because i would have loved to have at least seen 
what it was like. But the problem is that if we had gone in one of these later years, it wouldn't have been what everyone knew E3 like that. Because no, it, it's not the dream at, at that point. Yeah. yeah, it's not. This is not what this was in 2004 or 2005 or 2010 or 13 and 15. It was like those, those were the last times that E3 felt like a big, big moment. But mm-hmm. the times have changed. And right now, our hope, I would say, is uh, that PAX continues growing, that PAX continues to show their might, that PAX continues to like really still court people and like, the big wigs to show up there so that then those will become like the de facto events that us as as more enthusiasts can go in so and and hope that the summer game fest becomes more organized even more that can feel like that instead of just like a press thing so because there were great games that people demoed over at summer game fest but that was press oh yeah for sure so that's not us (laughs) so it's way it's way it's way different so this was going to be our second story, but I left it at last, uh, Sebastian. Uh, sources, Nintendo showed Switch 2 demos at Gamescom. Story by Andy Robinson at, uh, at VGC. That's according to a new report from Eurogamer, which VGC can corroborate via their own sources. According to the publication, Nintendo privately showed invited developers specially prepared tech demos for its next generation games console, which should launch next year. One Switch 2 demo is understood to have been an improved version of the Switch launch title, Zelda Breath of the Wild running at a higher frame rate and resolution than the original game did, on hardware targeting the new console specs. But there was no suggestion the game will actually be released. More importantly, another VGC source claimed that Nintendo showcased Epic's impressive The Matrix Awakens on Real Engine 5 tech demo, originally released to showcase the power of PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X in 2021, running on target specs for its next console. The demo is said to have been running using NVIDIA's DLSS upscaling technology, with advanced ray tracing enabled and visuals comparable to Sony's and Microsoft's current-gen consoles. However, it should be noted this does not mean the Switch successor will sport raw power anywhere near that of PS5 or Xbox Series X, which are in portable devices. DLSS, Deep Learning Super Sampling, is a feature exclusive to NVIDIA graphics cards. On PC, it works by using AI to upscale the, res- the resolution of games effectively allowing developers to achieve higher graphical settings and better frame rates on weaker hardware. According to Digital Foundry analysis, DLSS at any normal screen distance looks almost as good as the real thing. Notably, Nintendo filed patents for potential AI upscaling technology plans back in March 2020. Sebastian, Nintendo will finally have a modern-looking hardware. I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, I'll have to so, see it to believe it. I'll have yeah. to see it to believe yeah. it. But I tell you, just the fact that you're doing DLSS, I tell you, it's like, mm-hmm. I see my brother, he uses DLSS in his in his computer. This is yeah. why you DLSS is the technology you want to use to make your games look sharper and brighter and like um, and and more higher resolution than they actually are because it's upscaling. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. that that means that weaker hardware can make games look better. And them already emphasizing higher framer and all that, it means that finally, starting with this like, new system, that is now the standard expected from them. Because they finally have a, they have a system where they're intentionally, them saying that if they're pushing for DLSS means that developers have no excuse to not like pursue high framers and all that because they have that cheat with DLSS because it's baked into the system to be able to achieve that. If they were able to achieve that with the Matrix Awakens demo, a demo that didn't run well, on ps5 and xbox series x but it looked beautiful like if they were able to achieve that with dlss obviously it's not going to look like the consoles but getting close and it's on a portable 
is that we're getting final. I think we're getting finally into Steam Deck territory at the, at, at that so. point. At that point, so and if they need that, it's like the Switch is just is now just so it's way past its prime now. Is that way, oh, way, way, sure. pa- way, way past its prime? And it is time. And I'm glad to hear that they're at least. Uh, this is tells me Nintendo is being self-conscious of trying to keep the price low while still providing tech that is going to give a better experience than their current offering because they still got to keep that they like unfortunately they got to stay with the portable thing that's how they found success oh yeah and they're they, it, if they it's go portable if they, or bus now yeah portable or bus if they go back to just straight console it's not going to work for them it's like they have the portable market for them so that made me more excited just the idea that someone's like legitimately gonna use DLSS in a console because it it, it means that uh, people are just staying on Nintendo are not gonna be so gimped, super gimped. So exciting stuff. Can't wait to hear more about. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this? Other than, no, we, man, I, I, I mean, I gotta see it to believe it. I, like I, you know, they always feel like they're four, I mean, two generations behind. <laughs> they're they're two point. generations behind at this point. This one yeah. at least will put them on at least close proximity if you're already rendering the matrix demo that means that you're jumping two generations ahead which is yeah. good so yeah for sure hopefully we'll time. get some hopefully we'll get some nice out of this yeah and the thing is that for them it would be advantageous because their games don't need too much hardware to be the games that are such successful that they are though i would say that i, it, I would love to see a game like breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom with this kind of hardware oh, i would love to cool. see that I, I, I would love to see that uh I, you can technically like if you use the Steam Deck with the emulators and all that, you can like run. A, you can already run that game and see what that would look like. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> technically, oh, for so sure. It, it would it would be that, especially because art style is under favor. Like the art style, it's just the raw like the the raw resolution, the raw texturing, the raw the, the rawness of everything else is not quite there. But art style can carry you so far. But you need a better system for it, them to look great in the TVs that we got. Oh, when yeah. the switch yeah when the switch came out 4k wasn't standard so yeah. 1080p could still like pass by but not not yeah. anymore so excited to hear and i want to see what the price is will they be will they be able to hit 299 again we'll see if they do that's a, that's a success i mean yeah. i i think you know 350 is probably reasonable but like mm-hmm. i think they're you know 299 is that sweet spot yeah especially because uh they're not starting with an oled screen so they're gonna use an lcd screen kind of like that Kind of like mm-hmm. the Steam Deck, so yeah. So that should again, it's the, it's clear that they want to start launch like at a reasonable like consumer price that mm-hmm. people are not gonna think too shits about like buying it. It's like if people are still buying three hundred dollar Nintendo Switches, the current one, if they see one at that price, it's uh, like the new one at that price, that would be a big yeah, coup for, for them. Sure. So, and with that, Sebastian, that ends the news for this week. Paul's not here, so. Read us the game releases from the week of September 10th to September 16th. All right, everybody, we got some dope games coming at you um, for this week. We got Internights for a PS5 on PS4, the um, PC that's. I'm just going to do the September 12th. Yeah, September 12th. Uh, we got yeah. Internight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Internights. Um, we have um, Norv um, Play for Your Food, uh-huh. which is PS5, PS4, PC, Mac. Um, uh-huh. Then Super Bomberman R2. That's PS. Pretty much all consoles. Pretty much all consoles. Yeah. Every. Yeah. yeah. On September 13th, we got a really cool lineup for you. That's 
Gunbrella, let's go, let's go, let's yeah, go. Yeah, that's Gunbrella. the that's one of the that's one of the indies that you mentioned to me right, right once, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that it's thing is so dope. Oh my yeah. goodness, it, I could see if this game year one stack that be that be like a contender for game of the year. Like that's how good it actually is. But like um, mm-hmm. Gunbrella Switch PC September thirteenth. Um, mm-hmm. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the hidden treasure of Area Zero, which is um the, the DLC, right? The DLC yeah. for yeah. for Switch. Then you got um, add infinitum. Add infinitum. Yeah, infinitum, whatever. (laughs) Um, PS5, Xbox Series X, and SPC. That's September 14th. Also September 14th. AK AK Sotol. Sotol. What the heck is that? Yeah, that's on everything. Also. Yeah, that's on everything. Also, Um, Deceit 2 for PC, PC. Dune, Spice Wars, PC. Monster mm-hmm. Hunter now for all iOS and Android, iOS and Android, all your phones. Um, Solar Ash for Xbone, Xbox Series X and X, and then um, let's see the Crew Motorfest. Uh-huh. And you also have Thunder Ray, the Crew Motorfest, and Thunder Ray both coming through all platforms. Yeah. All of that was Crew. September. Yeah, all of that was September 14th. Yeah, and, and then, then the one final last one. one um, Bitian Katios one and two HD remastered coming at you on Nintendo Switch on September yeah. 15th. Those were popular. Uh, those two games were popular RPGs from the GameCube back in the day. I remember oh. renting them. So their remasters okay. coming on September 15th. Out of this massive list of games, I definitely want to see more about that Gumbrella game on just under your recommendation and Eternite because the yeah. idea of a Devil May Cry style game that's also a dating sim is such a. Again, I am a really sucker cool. for new ideas, and that feels like mm-hmm. a new idea. So I can, and, and and it's cheap. Also, it's thirty bucks. So it's like that's that feels so accessible. And I know that's not going to be too much of a commitment. I would hope. It's funny that Super Bomberman R is still like kick, alive and kicking, and they're doing a sequel and they're launching it on everything. So because that was a Switch launch game originally. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, very perfect. good. <laughs> it wasn't very perfect good, but for, it was one. Nah, yeah. nah. So I'm like. Yeah, they're really good. Um, quiet. It's a relatively more quiet week, which we kind of need on, on the eve of or after the doorstep of like cyber. Uh, uh, like on the eve of Cyberpunk, on the, the the launch after the launch of um Starfield. Starfield. So, yeah. yeah. So it's like if if anyone just wants to buy anything new, it's a lot of games. It's like yeah. it's obviously not big bangers like, uh, Life of like, like, Life of P and Mortal Kombat is the week after, nope. so. It's like it's already gonna start like, ramping up again. Payday also payday three is the week after. Gee, and that's game pass at least. So Yeah. And they're yeah, so and also slice of P. So thankfully, it's like at least I get to try them. It, it worked great on PS5. I want to see how it works on series on my Series S. So mm-hmm. but let's see if I'll, I'm done with Star. I think I'll be done with Starfield by the time of next week's recording. And I hope I can get you in next week. Oh yeah, like, I wanna... at least at least one playthrough, I feel like you'll be done. Yeah. I don't think I want to do multiples. I can't do multiples unless <laughs> it's uh, unless it's def- it's that uh, appealing. But I'm just I want to continue my Final Fantasy journey. I tell you, like uh, I've become a Final Fantasy over fan this year. After 16, I beat the original one. I beat Fa- uh, American Final Fantasy 2, which is Final Fantasy 4, and American Final Fantasy 3, which is Final Fantasy 6. I beat original Final Fantasy 7, like the PS1 original. Uh, I'm playing 8 now, so it's like I, I've. I'm so in, and I can't wait to go back to that after I'm done with Starfield. It's like, what? What did you um play all these on? Out of curiosity, uh, on PlayStation. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So oh, the with Pixel- the HD remaster collections. Yeah. So like the okay. the Pixel remasters, I bought the Pixel remaster collection, which is seventy five bucks. But I did it with Paul. Like we did a, the split. We, we yeah. split it in our arrangements. So it's 
they're so good like the, the I, I i get it now i get why final mm-hmm. fantasy is like the series that is as beloved as it is yeah and final and final fantasy 6 i tell you probably one of the greatest games i've ever played <laughs> wow that, like at this wow. it, that, it, that, that old that 1994 game playing it now like even with like some of the color of light that they added is like one of the greatest stories moments that i play one of the greatest rpg stories that i've seen it's like especially thinking about uh them doing that kind of storytelling in 1994 okay like before before storytelling was even i think the thing the themes that they were dealing with the emotions that they were dealing with with that game like the complexity that they were dealing with like it was it impressed me even this late even just being a pixel thing it's like it's it really i understand why it's like one of the it's considered the greatest final fantasy game ever mm-hmm. and it's like the fact that if i can feel that way about that one it's like i got it then final fantasy 7 looks very old because it's a ps1 <laughs> game but but it's like the story it's like a game that the story and the charm carried me through its very dated looks and I mm-hmm. and it's like you understand why people wanted a remake so hard because the story of that game is really cool. So it's just really good. Yeah, that, it's just second beneath six. You still haven't played remake, right? No, no. Yeah, I, um, I was. It was going to be on my list of things to do, like around this time this year. But like so many that, things kind of save it that. for. Yeah, save it for January. I'd say. Yeah, that's save a good time. because that's a good time. A re- a rebirth. The next part is going to be so soon, so you can like, maybe play both back to back. Yeah, so. that'd be a good time. Yes, uh, Sebastian. That's the end of the show. Where can people find you? Yeah, y'all can find me on at um, um I guess the Twitter. We call it Twitter still. We call it X. What we, yeah, what we Twitter X. I call it Twitter X. <laughs> yeah, you can call. Uh, you can find me on all your favorite social media platforms at Sebastian P N R, and then like you can also find me um at the Single Player Experience Podcast, the premier podcast for single player gamers to find about good single player games to play. There you can find about PAX recap. Um, you can hear about like me interviewing some really cool creators in our industry. Again, mm-hmm. Be on the lookout for that. And you know you can also find Al over here in a couple of weeks because we have a lot of catching up to do. Where we're yeah, probably over in that do. side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're yeah. probably gonna catch up um really soon and talk about some of the the game of the year implications as well as um mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we're gonna give him a chance to become a pro nerd hall of famer that's where we uh, our pro nerd yeah. trivia portion over there yeah how many how many appearances have i had this year like three right yeah 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 three so this yeah. will be like my fourth one so yeah, yeah for sure for sure so i'm like um everyone just go check out the single player experience podcast and also you know you know just if you feel privy to wanting to hear some really cool i i guess really cool things you might want to check me out on the, the social yeah. medias but yeah definitely <laughs> go check me out on the, the, yeah. the single player experience podcast yeah and then you can find me at a underscore drosegovia on twitter and you can find me at alejandro segovia 93 93 on both threads and instagram and then you can find my written content at both um the uh, the critical corner.com so for my old stuff and my current stuff at seasongaming.com so whoop, whoop. i just realized we didn't talk even talk about spider-man yeah happy five year anniversary spider-man uh happy, i'm hoping happy yeah i'm hoping your sequel is just as good if not bad so Same and man. that could be a single player experience because remember like, oh, yeah, did, uh, sure. go check our jedi fallen order like in 2023 perspective over at the Perner report there yeah, so we could do that sure. one we could do that one for spider-man too so sebastian thank you so much uh for filling it for paul especially for the like such unforeseen unforeseen quick circumstance i love that i can like light the bat signal and you're just gonna be there it's like it's a it's 
helps me a lot because I can't imagine doing a solo one. <laughs> Never done I a solo understand. episode. So yeah. And everyone else, thank you so much for checking this episode. Again, like uh, if you like what you listen, give us a like uh, in your whatever, in whatever audio service of your choice. Give it, leave us a nice review and keep playing some Press games six. to play. Whoop, whoop. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs>